What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wilds, episode 120, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is me, Anthony, as usual. I'm joined by two good friends and co-host Raffle and Corbett. Guys, how are your ho- how are your holidays? Uh, they're pretty good, relaxing. Uh, I got to take some time off, spend it with family and friends. But it's been a while since I've been able to hang out and chat with you guys. It feels like it's been an entire year since we've recorded an episode. So um, fortunately, we're here to change that today. Our first dad joke of uh, 2023, Ruffle. Got it in there quick. Yeah, someone had to. <laughs> yeah, uh, happy to be back. Uh, man, I was so, like, exhausted by the time New Year's came around. Like, that week leading up was just so full on that my New Year's Eve, I, I was in bed by, like, 10.30. It was great. <laughs> it was, like, the, the quietest one that I had probably since I was, like, 14, 15. Like, I don't know. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, holidays were exciting, though, you know, it was also the time like I I streamed and played Hearthstone more the past like two weeks than I had, and any other two week period I think this year, which was was super nice. And it turns out like the wild meta is not terrible, right? Lots of development and stuff like that that is going on. Uh, we'll talk more about that next week though because we've got a pretty special episode for you guys this week. Um, you know, New Year, uh, but that means we have had an entire year uh, of wild Hearthstone news and stuff to talk about. And so what we're going to be doing this week. Uh, it's kind of a, a look back, a, a 2022 recap uh, of the Wild Hearthstone year. Um, and so let's just go ahead and start it out. We uh, we started off in Fractured in Ultrac Valley. So this was the Ultrac Valley mini set back last February, 10 months ago. It's kind of scary to think that this was only 10 months ago that we got cards like uh, Raid Boss and Ixia. Uh, and then we had Rotation where we had a million cards get buffed. You probably don't know any of them, um, except for Kalthos, uh, because as we head into Sunken City... Um, the, the big thing with the first expansion of the year uh, was we had Kael'thas Druid again, uh, because for some reason they reverted it back to, to original Kael'thas. Uh And then the release of Switcheroo and uh, and Boar Priest, I guess, is what you would, you know, uh, combo with the Darkness. Uh, and then the rest of the Sunken City meta was, was pretty simple, right? Pirates and Mechs. And then the mini set came out um, uh, with Neptalon. And then uh, we had some big Shaman and big Priest shenanigans. And then uh, everybody's favorite uh you know card neptalon crushed beneath the endless tides um so yeah just guys original thoughts in the beginning of this year right that mini set plus sunken city uh fond memories or not so fond memories rough start rough start to the year i think that uh, a lot of us uh were very surprised that uh for kale thoughts would get reverted um and yeah it, it was it, released alongside uh, like a miracle growth which gave the the deck some redundancy um and then the meta was just bordering on unplayable because it was just kalthos druid and switcheroo priest so like games were ending on turn four from with damage from hand and it was not really anything that resembled hearthstone as we've seen it before so it was a really odd decision um i don't think we got a good sense of how good either of those decks were just because they were so common and so like frequently matched up against one another that it was just those two decks kind of battling it out. I, if I had to guess, I would say that Kael'thas Druid was probably better uh, just like as a deck and beating other decks. But either way, like the play patterns for, for both of them were disgusting and got old very fast. Yeah, I was going back and reading like my old thoughts, like just very old posts because, uh, you know, like how strong these decks were and things like that. Um, both were fine, it seemed like, like not too powerful, but like Ruffle was saying, the play pattern was just filthy. 
Um, there was there was even like a, a Chaotus Druid that wasn't as all in on the combo and ran Kazakasan. Um, you guys remember that old card <laughs> that was probably like even better because you had enough armor gain to uh, win the mirror, and then you had this like really nice sort of like late game package as well. Um, but yeah, it was a really rough start because we'd just come off the uh, like Anixia's, um, uh like raid, the mini set thing. Um, and the meta was pretty good, I think. Like, the, the end of Altarak Valley felt very diverse and, uh, you know, it was very different than what we'd seen for a long time in Wild, especially coming off the whole Ignite Mage and Odd Hunter and, uh, you know, that whole hellhole that we went through. Um, and then, yeah, we got a good shock to the system, you know, where they came in and they made the most confusing revert that we've ever seen. And probably the only revert that's been a clear mistake, I, I think. I think in the past they were, if anything, maybe a little bit too um, reluctant to change powerful cards just for fear mm -hmm. of the Kael'thas thing. And I think uh, maybe another potential casualty of the Kael'thas change is that maybe they'll be even more reluctant to in the future. And so, like, I, I think the, the damage is more than just, like, we had to deal with Kael'thas for, like, a, a week or two. It's like, well, now are they going to be maybe a little bit reluctant to... Uh, revert a powerful card that wouldn't be a Kael'thas. Like, I, I think Kael'thas is a unique case where everybody who's played the format before or played it when he was initially released knew what was going to come out of it. Yeah. Alright, but after they did that, we we turned into to mechs and, sh uh, uh, and pirates, I, right? The, yeah. A story as old as time. Um, and then and then the mini, mini set came out and we got we got Neptalon. And yeah. boy, yeah, I, has I think... Neptalon changed the format as well. I know. <laughs> In particular, though, Big Shaman was was pretty repulsive. Like, I know that there are a lot of people that are, because of just attrition, are tired of dealing with uh, a Big Priest because it's been around for so long, it's been so common. But, like, uh, Big Shaman was uh, in a different ballpark, uh, again, in terms of uh, viability and uh, popularity, and needed that Lightning Bloom fix, just not even for the immediate issue, because it needed it. But also to future proof it, I, I think both for Druid and uh, Shaman. So glad they made that change because that was also kind of a, a pretty miserable time where it was like play Big Shaman or something that miraculously beats Big Shaman. Um, it, you know, which is foreshadowing for a future uh, <laughs> metagame that we do have coming up as well. Yeah, overall, um, I really didn't like Voyage in Wild. I think it's one, probably one of my least favorite metas ever um like i didn't love the early part uh well you know let's break it down did i love kyathos switcheroo stone no i did not did i like pirates and mechs like very tribal aggro decks didn't love that either did i like it when it was summoning neptulons and yasha uh, and yasharge on turn one no i didn't like that either and then by the end though you know we got a little a little hint of what's to come but we got the prince renathal like early release and i think the meta got a little bit more diverse and a little bit more interesting um, compared to what, you know, we'd seen previously. So that was kind of like a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel of what, for me, was one of my least favorite expansions ever in Wild. Yeah. I feel, yeah, because I, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I hear a lot of people talk fondly about uh, Voyage in the Sunken City, like, as, as a set. And I'm, I'm always just left wondering, like, but why, though? Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe it, like I, I think the colossals are cool, but it's very yeah. tribal. Like right, and so I think that's where even like thematically it landed mm -hmm. uh, or it missed a lot more than uh, the other two expansions for me personally. 
uh, of this year. So, like, I don't know. Like, I, I understand that it's all subjective, but it's at the same time, it's like, but, but really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say it's a shame that the meta ended up being so kind of bleh because I think there were a lot of like cool, interesting cards that came out of it. Because like, I think colossal minions were sweet until they printed Neptalon, and then I was like, yeah, I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> um, but like, you I, know. I thought they printed a lot of sweet stuff. It's just the the decks that they enabled with them were were not so great. Um, okay, you mentioned it. We got Prince Renathal as our free legendary for the Castle Nathria set, um, and then and we we all knew that it would only see play in Warlock, right? If any, if that, like it was never going to see play in any decks. Yeah, after extensive yeah, yeah. testing, the card was not going to be very good, right? That's no, that was the consensus. Forty cards <laughs> is uh, just like not. You know, it's a too big of a downside where the, the 40 health, the Obviously. 40 health barely matters. Everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah. Uh, AKA, we were all wrong. Renathal was was meta-changing, meta-defining. The the card was good, all right? And not only that, it was fun. People enjoyed putting 40 cards, having 40 health. It, it drastically did open up the meta, right? Uh, after we had a week or two of Big Rogue, uh, because I, I think what happened was Big Rogue... Um, it was kind of always in the shadow. It was a Dane special uh, after, like, Big Shaman and Big Priest. Uh, and then we got a card in this set called Masked Reveler that kind of, when comboed with Cobalt Illusionist, allowed you to cheat out Neptalon, um, the big bad. Um, mm, no. And, oh, did they eventually no, take out Neptalon? That. Yeah, we yeah. They cut that. that? Oh. Right. It was the Stoneborn Generals. You get infinite 8 yeah. with Rush, basically. Sometimes the long Neptalon, sometimes not. Um, but it was like the big bad, and they got nerfed very, very quickly. It was kind of like that, uh, the same situation with Big Shaman, where you were cheating out big minions on turn two um, or turn three and, and kind of just doing that. And it was very meta-warping, meta-defining. Meta it needed to be nerfed. It got nerfed. And then I, after that... I, we were, I, 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 don't, I did just want to make a point about Big yeah. Rogue. Rafa, you, you, go, you go first. I, I think that the, the difference between Big Rogue and Big Shaman is actually still there. They're getting online as quickly. But, like, the relentless layers of threats that Big Rogue had made it so that it almost had no counter. Because, like, the counter to Big Shaman was Florgal Talk. So it was like you played Shaman into Shaman and Shaman, Shaman, the Shaman. And, you know, like, the, it at least had an answer. You also had, like, um, Gigafin in, uh, off of a uh, Stinger that could potentially beat a, uh, a Shaman. So, there, like, there were answers to Big Shaman because it had limited threats. Big Rogue, essentially, the problem and why Stoneborn General is so much better than a Neptalon, for instance, is you could not clear their boards because they just kept coming back and back and back. That's what the Reveler did. That's what like stick, uh, or the Cobalt did. And all three of those cards worked together, especially with uh, Snowfall Graveyard, to just create endless resources like without having to pay cards like you do with Big Priest. Uh, yeah, and the thing I want to say about Big Rogue, the nerf, is that it's one of the more interesting nerfs that we've had for Wild. Obviously, we don't get like a ton of direct Wild changes, um, but this is probably like the most confusing one for a lot of the players like i obviously think that it was deserved we all know that it was very deserved but it was only because it it wasn't a deck that popped off in the first few days of the expansion so it took a little bit of time it wasn't like the hottest new thing and it was a deck that was trickling down in just a matter of days like five days it went from like high legend trickle down was very popular very oppressive and they nerfed it so fast like they just like snuck it in a balance patch we didn't really know if they were going to get there and so for a lot of players that you know like you still hear ruffle talk about people coming to his chat and still being confused about why this even got changed in the first place um and we've never really seen a change like that such a, a sort of an under the radar change for a lot of players because 
you know, it wasn't Dark Lair, it wasn't Steeler, it wasn't Disco Warlock. It was something that a lot of players were even still confused about to this day. Yeah, and I think deserved. even... <laughs> right. It deserved, <laughs> absolutely. And I think even, like, uh, Meow's confusion is with uh, the Nepshalon, like, whether or not that was cut. Like, I, I think that a lot of people were playing uh, early iterations of it if they did, uh, if it did trickle down to their level that weren't as well refined as some of the lists that were getting, like, single-digit legend, like, within... A few days of yeah. one another it was just like all of the all of the lists uh po published by uh neon on twitter were just big rogue lists of like you know it's plus minus one card that never was nepshalon um because like the again the the relentless layering of threats was just more reliable with the uh the death rattle package entirely yeah um so after this whole just scenario shenanigan with big rogue okay once once it did get addressed renathal was the big thing right it primarily in arena decks but you also saw it in just a whole variety of control decks so including like free shaman uh and druids druid druid twitch chat druid infinite wink on druid whatever you wanted to call it at the time renathal was everywhere uh basically because you wanted to run this huge package of really really strong neutral cards that had gotten released that expansion so not only Renathal, but you also had four mana Theotar, and you also had Sire Denathrius. Uh, we didn't really talk much about Okani, but that came out in uh, the previous expansion. Uh, and then you had Lotheb and Bran, and like you had all of these really, really strong neutral tools that you... The ten cards that we thought were going to be a downside for a lot of these Renathal decks, you just had this really, really strong core of neutral cards that you were kind of just shoving in that didn't really make it that much of a downside. So Renathal was everywhere alongside uh even shaman so even shaman was like the big deck that got pushed so this is where we saw stone right and chisel and gigatotem okay uh and then we also had miracle rogue with uh the location um so those were kind of like the big things uh in castle nathria and then we had the mini set that came out the mini set printed everybody's most hated archetype and gave it some support uh in objection and uh Conjurer the zero mana six six uh, for Secret Mage. Um, so we were kind of negative about the first set of the year. Castle Nathria. Uh, once we kind of ignore the big, big rogues, you know, shenanigans at the beginning of the expansion, was Nathria a step forward for you guys? Uh, yeah, for me personally, I've talked uh, a lot about how I feel about um, Renathal, uh, the nerf to him, Denathrius, the nerf to him, and even to a lesser extent, especially the most recent nerf to to Theotar. And how I think all of those, in a way, make the wild format worse. Um, and so I think that the format was better with with those things. Um, not to like try and justify how or we underrated um, Renathal because like we were very clearly wrong. I admit that. But part of what makes Renathal good is the the neutral package that did come out of uh, Castle Nathria. Like I don't think Renathal alone is as good as he is without some of those supporting pieces. In particular, like a, a Denathrius that was, you know, very strong in uh, nearly every single deck when he was uh, first uh, released. Also, I, I'm glad you brought back up Okani too, because a lot of another thing that like um, some of those neutral cards did is it gave a little bit of redundancy, in particular, into Reno pile of card decks where, like, in certain matchups, yeah, you need that low theb and you need them as close to on curve as possible, or in a timely manner, and maybe the Okani can serve as like a stand-in for him in certain situations. So, like uh, offering redundancy as well as kind of its own internal clock, I think, is what uh, made Renathal pile of card decks uh, good with uh, the clock being Denathrius. 
Yeah, that's um something that we're kind of seeing again in Standard. Uh, like, even the time at Standard when Ranfell was released, it was really only played in Big Beast Hunter. Uh, like, that was what was seen as optimal by Vicious Syndicate. Um, until that next expansion came around, and all of a sudden it was like, you know, like an additional five, six decks for you all using Renathal. So, um, yeah, that neutral package that came in, like Theatar, the Nathurus, that was really huge. Um, but yeah, overall, like, I I didn't like the start. <laughs> I didn't, I really hated the start of this expansion. Like, I hated Big Rogue so much, because, man, it just farmed aggro decks and the things that I liked playing so much, so that was always brutal. Um... And then I was initially sort of very put off by Renathal, but I grew to love him, I think. Or I grew, maybe love, I grew to appreciate what he offered to the format. And I think that middle part of the expansion is something that I really, really enjoyed. Like, I, I did not like Voyage. I really liked this middle section. Um, you know, we were seeing things like Beast Hunter, Arena Priest, Miracle Rogue, even Shaman. Like, I don't know, it, it just felt a lot more satisfying to me than the mech decks. And um, I had a lot of fun with it. And then by the end of the expansion, Top Legend kind of became very centered all in on Miracle Rogue, and I didn't like that nearly as much. But um, the bulk of it, like 70% of the expansion, I, I'd say is... I, th I think the, the language that I used is, I thought it was like an A, like like a, a grade A for the meta for Wild, and then by the time the mini set came out, it might have been like a B minus, or like by the end of the expansion, it was like a B minus or something. Like the middle part was great. Yeah. My most important takeaway here is to everybody clip the fact that he said he loved Renathal. Um <laughs> uh yeah and this is also the expansion where uh, y'all's least favorite card snowfall guardian got nerfed as well so I, i'm sure that contributed a little bit to, to y'all's enjoyment at some point right oh yeah oh yeah that was huge Agreed. Uh, all right and then and then we get around to kind of our third expansion of the year uh that came out about a month ago uh which is march of the lich king um and so obviously big change we we got a new class um that i still haven't seen in wild um i mess mm. i mess but even even Death Knight, actually a legit deck. But we'll talk about that next week. So we had a new class. We also had a bunch of new cards. Uh, basically, a lot of the big support here was the Spell Demon Hunter package that got released. Um, some Agro Paladin support. And then uh, the fabled, uh, the Discard Warlock deck that, uh, you know, what is the fourth band now in Wild? Um, after a couple weeks, Tome Tampering got, got nuked uh, alongside Renathal and everything else. And so we had the couple of weeks of Discard Warlock, and now we're here where I feel like we're back in Nathria all over again. Uh, it's just, except now we don't have the Renathal Arena decks. We just have everything else. <laughs> we're kind of in a, like, a mashup of yeah, uh, hybrid. Uh, uh, the Voyage and uh, Nathria. And unfortunately, I think some of the worst parts of each, because, like, Big Rogue is back with a vengeance, <laughs> I think that... Or not Big Rogue, uh, Pirate Rogue is back with a vengeance, and along with Secret Mage and even Shaman. So some of the some of the worst parts of um, of each of those two expansions are are what we're dealing with now, and yeah, it's uh, kind of unfortunate, but it's I, I I'm gonna be honest with you, it's still so much better than just the disco lock mirrors or or disco lock game after game. Um, a lot of people were asking me why last month there was so many legends in in wild because I you know. I like to scrape the bottom of the <laughs> the the legend ranks so though when I'm playing and I think that like honestly just like disco lock is a is a big reason for that like it that deck just won. Yeah, I I think another reason that um isn't just disco maybe there's like a lot of Chinese players still coming over like I know that's something <laughs> that I still see a lot I I do wonder how much that isn't just a top legend like maybe it's a lot of people in general so that could be another thing um. 
but yeah, okay. like 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 you said, we are in like a weird mishmash. It's it's a weird hybrid, and um, I, this is it, guys. We, this is where we pull one out for Renathal. Like I think, you know, we're all really feeling the effects of what that nerf has kind of done to the format. Um, and it's not as fun. Like as someone that you know was initially sort of uh you know, a bit of a hater <laughs> on Renathal. I, I am very much appreciative of sort of the diversity that he kind of opened up to the format at this point. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is a weird, like, flashback where we, we are seeing things like Pirate Rogue, but then the mech decks have largely been replaced by things like Even Shaman and Secret Mage. Um, that said, I don't think the format's quite as solved as people think. Um, you know, Meowth hinted at Even Death Knight. I, I think there's kind of some some hidden layers that can curb some of the aggro decks um, and hopefully maybe open up the format to being a little bit more diverse again. Yeah, uh, I know when we talked about this original patch, we were like, oh god, it's just going to be all aggro now that Renathal's nerfed. And it kind of was for like the first week and a half, two weeks. And now I think mm -hmm. people are like actually back to experimenting with things. Um, we'll talk a lot about this next week. Uh, we're, we're hinting a lot about these decks. We just don't have time to cover them today, but... There, there are there are a lot of things out there that we thought weren't going to be good or might might have been dead uh, that actually just kind of aren't. Um, and so I think the meta actually will be shaken up a little bit and it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, I just think like at this time it hasn't caught on. And so we're kind of just, it's all, it's all Pirate Rogue, it's all Even Shaman, it's all Secret Mage. Unfortunately, I've seen Big Priest come back um, for better or for worse, yeah. even in Legend. Um, and I know everybody loves that. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, that is where we're at today. Um, and yeah, just kind of year in general was, that was a lot. Um, we also had some historic things that happened this year that I'm just going to touch on really, really quickly. So first thing, this was the first year that we had wild theory crafting streams uh, for these new expansions, Ooh. which was like super sweet to have wild finally included on in all this hype stuff that happened in standard. So uh, that was pretty sweet. Shout out to the community team for helping make that happen. Um, and then also uh, historically we had, more nerfs than I think we have ever seen in, in a year of Hearthstone. And by a lot, we, we had 60 cards that were nerfed this year, guys. 60. Um, and more than half of them impacted the WoW format. Um, not including, like, bans. So there there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of turnover. Um, which, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it, it, was, it was a lot. Yeah, it's, uh... It made it hard to, like plan out a, a schedule as a content creator which I, I know like that's not how most people interact with Hearthstone so don't don't care about that uh, I'm not asking you to uh so but for me personally like that that made it difficult uh I think it created a bit of confusion within the more casual player base as well which I am maybe a little bit more uh or interact with a little bit more than the typical like highly engaged uh Hearthstone player like most of us are um but I think that you know, overall, it's probably a, a good thing for the general population. Like having decks like Disco, Royalock, Big Rogue, Big Shaman uh, floating around is not healthy. Certainly not Kael'thas Druid or uh, Switcheroo Priest. So, I, I, like, I think balance changes in those instances are good. I think the, some of the casualties of uh, Wild as a result of nerfing standard is what, like, disappointed me, I guess, the most. Because a lot of the things that got that we've discussed, like some of the most impactful nerfs, weren't even targeted at our format and still it uh made our format worse um so that feels kind of bad yeah the uh the nerf frequency is probably something that i think they might turn down a little bit um i think that 
I don't know, there needs to be a... There probably needs to just be a holding off on the immediate changes that they, they have that window where it's like 10 days out of expansion. They just like go in and change things. Like, I think we've seen multiple times now where they have screwed up. Um, and that's that's okay. Like, balancing is hard, but there, there needs to be a balance because they... Um, the snowfall change was pretty negative for standard uh, when that immediately happened. The Edwin buff was really negative when that happened. Like, that was a big whoopsie. And then, right now with Standard, there's, like, the recent patch, right? Where they 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 go in, they they nerfed Renathal, they nerfed uh, Danath, they nerfed, like, Boon, they nerfed Miracle Rogue, they nerfed Demon Hunter. And now, like, Top Legend is a two-deck format with two decks that have, like, 55% win rates and everything else feels completely garbage except for those two. And those were two decks that they tried to nerf. And so it's like, there probably needs to be a little bit more time or they need to be a little bit more careful with the adjustments they're making so it'll be interesting to see if they have a change in philosophy um moving forward uh because right now the cadence is it's very hard to keep up with like it, it's it's kind of crazy just the amount of changes that happen i think yeah. that's tough for like less engaged players to mm. to keep up with because they come back and they see like you know th every time you log in you see five cards have been changed that's like that's going to be a bit of a turnoff, I think, for uh, a portion of the player base, at least, which is probably a larger portion of it than is highly engaged like we are. Yeah, yeah I, it's like, I, I think that having, being willing to fix problems early is great. Like, you don't want to do six weeks of Jade Druid. Like, let's not, let's not do six months of Undertaker. Like, like, that's, but there needs to be like a medium, right? Yeah. Um, because I was kind of going through and I was just looking and I'm like, oh, in the first year of Hearthstone, we had eight changes. <laughs> like in like eight nerfs <laughs> the same amounts that we had 60 it's like okay we could probably get it a little a little yeah. a little down then these are just the nerfs too this is not even including yeah. all the buffs that happened <laughs> this year too um yeah yeah I, I think my biggest thing is like as a wild player it's really frustrating to see like a new expansion came out oh we we only have like 10 or 15 cards that we get to pick from anyways right mm -hmm. that are powerful enough for our format and then two weeks in immediately like 10 out of the 15 are taken away because they were like too powerful for standard um so i'm kind of in the same way it's very frustrating as a wild player like i know they don't care right they're balancing for standard to make that hopefully a better place right but as somebody that plays wild it's it's very frustrating especially two weeks after an expansion i get if it's like a month in right when they do their balance patch usually and then they like take away some cards but with it doesn't even feel like we get a chance to play with a lot of these cards. Like, I'm looking at this list. We we got to play with, like, peak optimal cards for, like, two or three weeks before they got nerfed rather than... And it also makes yeah. it really frustrating because then they no longer have the nostalgia factor, so we never get them reverted back to their original state as well. Yeah. Martian recently had a good post where he talked a little bit about this, where it feels almost, from a wild perspective, like the entire set of Castle Nathria just got deleted from existence. Like, And we even talked about that somewhat related on a related note with how the meta has shaped up where it just reverted back to um you, you know sunken sunken city and uh like early nathria so um yeah it, it's feels bad <laughs> but, yeah i mean at the same time i think i'm like biased depending on what cards are changed like am i am i that upset that like Bell potion in a fire priest is gone. Am I that upset that mind rogue is hit? Like, no, not really. So um, there's definitely a little bit of bias about like, oh, if it happens to accidentally kill off a deck I don't like, then that's fine. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, the, the frequency is probably a little, a little high. So 
I would say more often than not, it's killing off decks that I do like, though, because very frequently are they, like, hitting stuff that nerfs wild-specific combo decks. So, yeah. But uh, that does lead us into uh, our very first award uh, for 2022, uh, and that is going to be the uh, the Warsong Commander Award. So basically what this is is the card that got nerfed the hardest uh, for wild, whether it was intended for wild or not, right? Something that got changed this year, one of those 60 changes, which one of them hit wild the hardest and effectively killed the card. It's no longer playable. Um, and so Ralph and I have uh, some agreement here. Uh, and that is that is Sork Apprentice getting nerfed from two minute to four. And thank God for that. Yeah. I mean, they might as well have given this card your charge minions have plus two attack or whatever because like, <laughs> nobody's playing it. So uh, I did it like the, the only time it's become relevant is I evolved into it recently. And that was kind of funny because then my spells were cheap, but um yeah this card was deleted from the game and then oh, sort of reprinted right. <laughs> yeah it's great Corb, are you feeling attacked yet it's only 30 minutes in <laughs> i know um no i also had it mentioned i couldn't pick there were like four that i thought were like because like if they're all getting deleted how do i differentiate like who is the quote-unquote like, deleted deleted. the hardest yeah <laughs> yeah like the, the the four that i came up with i came up with the apprentice like you guys drekthar like, Drekthar was defining, mm -hmm. and now that card is completely unplayable. Like, that card was pushing, like, three or four wild decks by itself kind of thing, so de dead. Kael'thas, dead. Like, that, that was one? a delete. And then the other Kael'thas, <laughs> dead. <laughs> so, those are the four that uh, I thought were the most brutal. Um, but Apprentice is a good shout, especially because it was a, uh, you know, it's a wild exclusive for so long. Yeah. I also had Renathal on my, like, maybe list, just because it went oh, from, like, so... On. I know, I know, but it went from frequent to, like, it is actively terrible. You should not ever put Renathal on your deck now in 2023, right? But the thing is, decks will work with Renathal. Like, I don't... Right. Like, I know, I know. It, it, like, oh no, I lost I lost 2% win rate in my Reno. They killed Apprentice Meowth. Like, you can't play a single Apprentice You, you deck. can't play the deck anymore. You can <laughs> still queue up Reno Priest. That's why I didn't put it, okay? I'm just saying, there was a part of me that wanted to, because it went from good to, like, trash. Not from good to unplayable, okay? But yes... Don't get, dude. I when they nerfed Apprentice, I I I felt a little bad for you, but I was partying, dude. I was so excited, uh, and I'm ready to do the same once they nerf Radiant Elemental to four as well. So, can't wait. All right, first award down. Um, now we're gonna move into I think the bulk of our awards and bulk of the episode. Um, and so what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna go through each class and we're gonna look at the three expansions and mini sets that came out this year, and we're gonna say. Okay, what was the strongest card that came out for that class? And then also, what was our favorite card that came out for that class? Um, so a couple things here. We're not going to include Demon or Death Knight because it just came out. It's not really fair, right? When we have to compare one card, and it's also not even very widely played. And then also, when it came to the strongest cards, we also allowed the uh, the community. You guys voted. We had about 400 votes that came in, which is actually a ton. So shout out to everybody that actually uh, went through and completed that. And we're going to compare what you guys thought to uh, to our expert opinions, uh, who were never wrong. Um, you're giving me this look, guys. Like... No, no, no. I was just wondering. Uh, in terms of criteria, did you guys ever weigh in, like, standard? Or, like, were you just judging purely wild? Like, what was your what was your thinking? Oh, I was just exclusively looking at the wild format and kind of mm -hmm. uh, its impact on the metagame at the time. So evaluating it or trying to evaluate it in its own time. Yeah, I, 
yeah, I also looked at specifically at the WoW format, uh, which was easy because I never really played standard. But I also like looked at um, like if the card got buffed, right? Like it was released this year, but it got buffed and then got nerfed again. Like I was taking into account like the buffed version of the card, which right. will be very the best obvious it, in a couple classes. Yeah. The best iteration of the card, basically. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's dive right on into it. Let's start with uh, with Demon Hunter. Um, I think this debate was very clearly between two cards because there weren't very many good Demon Hunter cards that came out that were like good and wild. Um, and so, I mean, we can start with the community sentiment here. The community sentiment, the debate was between Unleash Fell, uh, the one that had Mana Thirst 4, um, and then one mana multi-strike. Uh, so multi-strike, the, the give plus to attack, you can attack twice. Um, and so it was super close for the community vote, but multi-strike won out for the community. Uh, and I'm cheating a little bit looking ahead at y'all's answers. And it looks like we all kind of agreed that multi-strike was the best Demon Hunter card that came out this year. I guess my question to y'all, was it close for you? No, N- not even a little bit. And uh, Unleash Fell, like I just played recently, is a very good card. Um, even with Mana Thirst 6, it's still quite good. Um, but the what the one mana multi-strike enabled, especially with like an odd Demon Hunter and aggressive Demon Hunter, like Fell Demon Hunter, you're just crazy not to run this card in every single Demon Hunter deck at, at one mana. It reminded me a little bit of like a zero mana Twin Slice, um, but probably somehow even better than that. Um, and uh it, yeah that that card was nuts i think it's a little bit of maybe recency bias in the uh unleash fell uh which w- we may see a little bit of but um because it's more uh current i think people forget how strong multi-strike was yeah i um i felt comfortable doing multi but um i just have to think about it like yeah how how good is how good is the unleash but yeah multi was that was a good hearthstone card yeah. That was a damn good Hearthstone card. It's still like an okay, but like oh, pre-nerf was so good. All right. One one category down. We agree with the community. We'll see if that, that holds up. Uh, sidebar now, what was y'all's favorite Demon Hunter card that got released this year? And I think Raffles is super easy, right? Yeah, I mean, this is probably... This is going to be a card that holds a fondness in my heart for a while in Solider Scythe because I got to take part in uh, revealing that. And it's just... It's got a sweet animation. Uh it allows me to hide my yogs. I, I I just like this card a lot. It's fun. All right, Corb, what about you? Oh, I also just had multi-strike for this category. Like, <laughs> um, look, I like good stuff. What a shocker. But this card was also just, like, sick. I don't know. It was very satisfying. Like, I, I loved it. It felt very flavorful. Um, I had such a good time playing this. Buff it? <laughs> Revert it, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, for mine, I, I also went with Solider Scythe for the many reasons that we've talked about on this on this episode or on this podcast in previous episodes. Card's sweet, animation's sweet, everything about it is sweet. And also turns out that the deck it's in right now, also pretty sweet. Okay, let's move into Druid. All right, uh, the strongest Druid card. Uh, here the community was actually a lot more divided uh, on their opinion. A lot of them also said Guff, and I don't think many of them realized that that came out last year. Um so when I ignored those, the, the the nominations were mainly between three cards, and that was Aquatic Form, Due Process, and Anubricon. Uh, it was pretty Ooh. close, uh, but the winner here was Aquatic Form. And it looks like the community, again, agrees with me and Raffle here. Uh, we both said Aquatic Form, so Raffle, what was your reasoning? 
Oh, uh, just prevalence. Like there, you don't build a deck that is druid without uh, aquatic form. Is uh, it seems to be the reality, whether it's aggro, whether it's slow druid, and then just like the stuff that aquatic form enables is uh, pretty gross. It allows you to find the twig or the sphere or the guff a little bit more reliably, uh, in a similar way to Moonlight Guidance, giving you redundancy between those two. And then also like, I don't know. I think people dramatically uh, overestimate how strong and how good uh Mildred is and as a result of that due process um and then yeah maybe an ubercon but we never really got to see <laughs> just how uh, much that card can do but it does enable some pretty silly combos so uh, i considered the ubercon briefly but I, I just think like the prevalence of uh, aquatic form just makes it a clear favorite for me yeah i i my reasoning was 28 card decks good and, and that's kind of what aquatic form does um all right Corba, you had a noob. Give us your defense. Why do you think a noob is the strongest? Oh, you know why we didn't get to see a noobicon for very long? Because it got nerfed in weeks. Like, that, that's why. Because <laughs> it got immediately gutted. <laughs> because it was that powerful. Um, no, I think, like, Aquatic Form is a very solid support piece, but it's never felt like a particular bounce outlier to me or anything like that. Like, I'm never going to be clamoring Blizzard, like, nerf Aquatic Form. Um, it's just fine. I think it's solid. Whereas a noobicon was probably best second third best card in like all druid archetypes like i don't know along with guff and astalor um which you know will come up later um but anubricon was so powerful and i i know that it didn't quite get its time to shine because it got gutted when we were going through the whole disco warlock stone but um i could see the card performance was absolutely broken like it was one of the best cards in druid it would have enabled a whole lot but it died because it was just too good too fast yeah for me, Aquatic Form is basically like a Cobalt Librarian, but for Druid. Um, so, but I think also Cobalt Librarian is one of the strongest cards in the history of Hearthstone as well. So, uh, like, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's basically like, um, what what also sealed it for me is that, like Druid can already had many ways to close out the game. So, Anubricon was just kind of like icing on that. So, but I mean, I'm I'm not here to. I'm not here to disagree with you on Anubricon. I will <laughs> dispute the, uh, the the due process uh, being in oh, that conversation. Oh, yeah. Get that out. That's that's out of, that's completely out of control. I think people just don't like overdrawing or milling cards. Yeah. Or taking uh, fatigue damage. I think one more shout that I'll give. I think Herald of Nature is like a bit of a sleeper. That card's busted. I know I it doesn't matter what that card does because I don't remember what that card does. That's the it's the three mana three three. Give your minions like plus one plus two if you played a nature spell. Mm. Every mm. every yeah, time. Every time I've had that card played against me, I lose the game of Hearthstone. Like even in even in wild, that card's nuts, and nobody plays it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Core's next deck. All right, favorite Druid card. Um, this one was actually very hard for me uh, because I didn't really particularly love playing any Druid cards. Like every time I every time I guffed somebody into Twig Sphere, I was just like, "This is gross." I mean, it's really cool, but it's gross. Like I didn't really love anything. Um, but if I had to put my like finger on a card, it would probably be Topior, the 7 mana 5 high dragon that made 3 threes every time uh, you played a nature spell. Just because dragon's cool. It allowed me to play Breath of Dreams in Druid, which I think is actually really cool. Um, and it also did all the, the things that Druid wants to do with the uh, the gloop and the, the volcanic lumbers and everything like that. So if I if I had to pick one, and it was, it was really hard for me to find something to put on this list, it would probably be Topior. 
Uh, for me, it was a uh, Widow Bloom Seedsman, just because um, I was really getting tired of the Oaken Summons into uh, Vargoth, like, and having that just be like auto include for the foundation of any slow druid deck. So having a reason to move away from that, and having a legitimately good reason with uh, the Seedsman um, in conjunction with Renathal um, is why I put him. And also, like, it's just a high quality card. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's another one of those like almost Cobalt Librarian S cards where you just play it and you're happy. Yeah, I was uh, I was also struggling like Meowth, where I Topio was something I was thinking about, and then it came to me just the sound of sending six otters off to die and gain infinite mana, and uh, how could you go past Flipper Friends? Is that otters with a capital or your lowercase o? Oh, it's always capital <laughs> when we're okay. sending them off to die. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I I kind of tongue in cheek wanted to put like Renathal as like Druid card of the year or like Denathrius as Druid card of the year because that was very much like druid identity for the majority mm. of the year until they got nerfed and yeah but yeah druid man druid got nerfed like what four times five times this year the druid we see today is nothing like the druid we saw earlier this year and it's kind of sad because kind of oh, like you want to buff alignment you want to bring back alignment no 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 no, no. i meant the well, no no yes we can do it we no. can if that's what you really All want right. then... hunter hunter ah. who said anything about alignment dude i forgot that card got nerfed this year too thank god um all right hunter card this is, I think, the one time, this and Demon Hunter, the one time we're ever going to agree so easily with the community that Harpoon Gun was the strongest Hunter card revealed this year. And it looks like for Corv, it wasn't actually like I that was, obvious. I was close. Yeah, really. I, I had a few others that I thought were very good, but you guys could start. Yeah, for me, uh, Wild Spirits was uh, probably mm -hmm. pretty close. Um, like, the we didn't have that last very long either uh especially with like the original weapon from the the stag and the original stat line like that that card was um just disgusting um either way it's it, it's something in in that beast hunter deck which this one I'm, I'm proud of the uh the state of the wild community for we've been talking a lot about how you know underrepresented beast hunter is um and you know you, you you came through in the voting you listened it, very clearly you're you're smarter than the average uh you know wild ladder player and you knew that beast hunter was as strong as we've been saying it is for you know since buzzard got <laughs> got buffed um so good on you the, the, i take back everything i said about those of you that voted for due process for whatever reason just you wait just just you wait for some of their other choices here um i i will say for me it was like, I was thinking about Wild Spirits and then Harpoon Gun, and then I remember that Harpoon Gun used to discount by three, and then I, it was no longer close, because that, that card was pretty gross. Yeah, I um, there was, like, four cards, actually, that I was thinking about. So, mm -hmm. it was uh, Wild Spirits, like you guys said. Hydrolodon is something that I had to have a big think about. Like, I was, think Hydrolodon's so Was good. Hydrolodon good it enough, is. though? Like, would you without, play in your deck without, without Harpoon, Harpoon Gun? gun. Yeah, it's still really broken and things like Reno Hunter. Like the card just performs super well in general. Um, it's it is sometimes hard to separate like the enabler from the payoff, but mm -hmm. um, that like I think Hydrolodon was so strong, like that was great. Um, and also Shock Spitter. Like I know it's recent and it died, but like that card was crazy for for a minute there. Um, for, it only for four lasted. minutes there, for literally four days. Yeah, so, that was nuts. <laughs> three days, three days we got. Um, so those are the other three I thought about, but ultimately, like you guys, like the community. I also landed on a harpoon gun. Yeah. Do you think they're gonna give us back discount by three harpoon gun yeah. if, when it rotates? <laughs> no. 
and they probably shouldn't to be honest with you yeah yeah let's be real um i don't know yeah all right card still like enabling a very strong deck in wild probably don't need to buff it yeah unlucky all right uh favorite hunter card um because i couldn't put wild spirits for my strongest it, it definitely went in here uh just because i think beast hunter with the og wild seeds was some of the most fun that i've had playing hearthstone maybe ever um and part of that was just like playing wild spirits because it was so freaking busted and then also getting the five four steed with the weapon that you would play a tundra rhino on on turn five and yeah it was wild spirits made me feel some things man it was it was fun <laughs> wild spirits made me feel some things too and not the same things as you because there is uh, like that maybe is some of the closest we've gotten to like crackle or implosion mm-hmm, rng yeah. in hearthstone for a long time where like you know i'm sitting there about to play a, a wild spirits praying for the stupid fox and like not hitting it or desperately needing the the weapon in a few turns or always getting the the three one when there's nothing to attack into like that those cards were frustrating for me personally but they're too good not to run at the time so i'm like i i don't think i have the same fondness that, that you guys maybe have other than i yeah i enjoyed playing beast hunter but like i didn't enjoy the spirits or the seeds rolls so for me it was uh the stoneborn gargon i like just infusing this angry boy into a cleave effect with rush is just so satisfying oh my god i i don't know why nobody else loves this card as much as i do but he's so so fun you like to bloom in uh ruffle i'm sorry what? Serpent, serpent bloom him given the poisonous effect you don't even need to he's he's angry and strong <laughs> enough as he is like he, he he's a good boy <laughs> i went with uh pepe spit which if you don't know is uh <laughs> shock spitter yeah how how long did you have that emote on your channel? <laughs> it's still there, you know? I oh, used it the other day. Just, just unused? Yeah, or, just as a memory. Just well, the they use it when they're like, do you remember Pepe Spit? You know? Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Good stuff for Hunter. Hunter, I think, had a very good year. Um, it did. It did. Uh, I'm glad we moved on from like the Quest Hunter era of Hunter as well. So, All right, Oof. let's move into Mage here. Um, okay, so the... The community was very divided, I think, between Objection and uh, Commander Savara. Uh, so Savara coming out in Voyage of the Sunken City, Objection coming out in the Nathria mini set. And uh, I do think that the Secret Mage hatred of the majority of the community um, ki- kind of decided the winner here uh, with uh, Objection taking the cake for the community. Um, and I actually think I'm going to agree with them uh, for my strongest mage card. Uh, Objection, by far and away, like the best secret right it and rigged fair game are in a class of their own and i i think objection is just even so much better than that um so yeah i I think objection would be my strongest mage card for the year as well yeah i kind of reluctantly chose it but for me it wasn't between savara um and objection um if anything like the the six six was in the conversation and um not and and for honestly corpse pick was a, a lot closer than savara um, I won't spoil that, but I, I do think that um, a lot of times, just because of the play pattern, people seem to overestimate the strength of uh, Quest Mage, and uh, just because it's so miserable to play against, um, they like people still come into my deck complaining or come into my stream complaining about its existence when it's like fallen off 
the face of the format entirely. So um, I think that's maybe just like a an ick play pattern type thing rather than a, a relative strength. Savar, don't get me wrong, Savar is a very strong card, uh, but I don't think it's in the same, like what it did for Quest Mage is not in the same realm of conversation as what new cards did for Secret Mage or another deck. Yeah, it's actually funny. Um, I didn't pick a Secret Mage card, but if I had, it absolutely would not have been Objection. I, I would have immediately would picked the uh, Contract Conjurer for sure. Like, not even close. Even Chatty's um, up there. I, actually, I, you my, know my decision what? was between Objection and Chatty. But, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even close. Not even close. Six, six. In fact, I'm actually like thinking about it. I'm going to change my answer. Can I do that? Can we do a last second sure. switch up? Go it's for your it. Answer. I, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, can, Contract Conjurer is my answer. I initially had Mecha Shark. Um, I think Mecha Shark kind of gets a little bit forgotten how absurd that was for a few months there. Um, Angry Deck having like turn four OTK, kind of good. <laughs> like yeah. deal, like deal In eighteen, deal twenty one damage. That was pretty strong. Remember? Yeah, it's it's like uh, with the exception of even Shaman, um, any just like button pressing deck or like you know cohesive minion type deck. I guess Pirate Rug falls into this as well. But, like, people just agree to stop playing certain decks after a while, like Mech Paladin, Mech Mage, even though they're still very strong. They're just, everybody's just like, yeah, no, we're all done with this. Let's move on. And it's like, well, but the deck didn't get any worse. It's still good. Some of my fastest climbs to, like, Diamond 5 have been off the back of, like, you know, 20 and 3 runs with Mech Mage. That deck was nuts. Yeah, yeah, that, that deck was crazy. And, yeah, Mecha Shark was sort of, like, the, the, the straw. uh you know, the made it stir. The uh the the card was crazy. It just like blew out so many different aggro decks. Um but ultimately I do think the six six zero mana six sixes are almost as good as zero mana eight eights. And uh we know how much those are those are played in wild. Yeah, you don't you don't have to run fireballs in Secret Mage anymore because you just hit them with a repeated fireball. It's so crazy to me, sidebar. Like we're not running fireballs, we're not running uh what's the card called? Kirantor anymore, just because like you have better cards. I think you're on, like, Flak Mage is a tech card now for Secret Mage. Like, that's how far we've come this year when it came to that deck. The the weakest card in Secret Mage is Cloud Prince. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like, I mean that. And then, like, in the Secret Package, you're, like, this close to cutting Explosive Roots. Like, oh that's God. where we're at. Like, it's really crazy the level of synergy the deck has right now. Well... The thing about explosive runes is it never triggers because you always have objection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that what's make that's what makes it our best card for mage this year. Good, good transition that was totally intended. Favorite mage <laughs> card now. Um, you guys have much more, much cooler mage cards here uh, in this section than I do. So I'm gonna let you guys start. Uh, I picked energy shaper. I love this card. You just <laughs> you turn all of your, all of your. It's like a hand of lunacy. It's beautiful. And it makes a decent body. I, w I want to play this card in every deck ever. Would you play a three mana version Ruffle? Because uh, there were rumors. Oh, I'd absolutely play a three mana version. Mm. You mean I get it out earlier? <laughs> <laughs> the only problem with that is I have maybe fewer cards in hand. So. Ah, yeah, I'm lucky. Um, yeah, that one might be. That card's like pretty cool. Like, that, that might be silly at one point or another. Um, how much Casino Mage have you played Ruffle? Uh, far too little, but um, I'm looking to change that. The expansion is young. Mm -hmm. um, the, the the card that I went with is one that most wild players probably don't even know exists. Uh, Spite Lash Siren. So this is the 
the naga and mage where like refreshes mana depending if you play spell and then naga and then spell and then naga and you have to say that out loud otherwise you completely forget um yeah this never made quite the impact in wild that i would have liked to have seen um but then it got nerfed and now it'll make no impact in wild <laughs> but it's the type of card that i, I think i would have really liked if there was a, a deck someday to be built around this all right, my answer is uh, not very cool. Uh, I had like the Druid issue, where like I didn't really love any of the cards that came out this year for Mage, yeah. and so I like what was outside of Secret Mage, um, which I wasn't going to give the answer for both strongest and favorite. What was like the one deck for Mage that I actually like had fun playing? And as I know, it's toxic, but I enjoyed playing Quest Mage. Um, I know it's toxic. I know you guys can cancel me for it. All right, I know. I enjoyed it, and it was like Savara does gross things in that deck. What is it with you and freeze effects, dude? Like, what happened? It's not even the freeze just, effects. It's just taking Just let effect. your opponent play the game, meow. Come <laughs> on. Look, I know it's toxic. I knew freeze mage or free shaman was toxic too. I I know. All right. I have a brand to consider here. Um but yeah, Savara there there's just something gross about like coin coin biscuit play the Savara coin coin biscuit complete quest play quest on turn 5 win game on turn 6. Like it was I get it. I know it's toxic. I had a lot of fun playing it. I still do have a lot of fun playing Quest Mage, and I know that. Um, and before these guys yell at me and petition to kick me off the podcast, let's move on to uh, to Paladin here. Again, we Wait. agreed with the community. Um, it, it wasn't even close. Uh, Radar Detector uh, for the strongest Paladin card that came out this year. Yeah, I just want to point out before we move on from the Savara thing, we, I, I can see the subscribers on your channel dropping as you were <laughs> going through that. I know that's not physically possible, but I did. I saw it. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I think pretty clear agreement here, right? Paladin got some good new cards, but none of them are anywhere remotely close to... Uh, like, they're not even on the same radar as this card. Oh, oh boy. Uh... That joke number two of the year, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, that says it all. Like, do we need to go into this too much? I mean, there was a great thread from Memnock, if anyone wants to go read about Radar Detector recently and how it is the uh, most poorly designed card of all time. I'll drop the link in the comments so everybody can read it to themselves because I'm not going to yeah. I'm not gonna subject, the, subject them to that without them, you know, volunteering for that. Uh, I did, for like half a second, think about uh, Seal and Blood, which was the three-mana Blessing yeah. of Kings. But then I was like, how does that compare to two-mana draw five? It doesn't. Well, three point. Yeah. <laughs> 3.5 yeah yeah oh that that changed over time as the builds got better i'll admit that i was wrong it, it's probably closer to like <laughs> it's, it, it's a fun callback it's like, i know it's like, i know it's a good callback it's it's um, probably close to 4.75 at this point <laughs> i, dude, I had so much fun when voyage came out every time i played a radar detector 3.5 by the way and it was <laughs> it was it was fun um yeah I, I really tried to find a card that wasn't radar detector. Like I went looking and I'm just like, nah, like, but I, I'm glad the mech decks are getting some love here and they're not completely forgotten, you know, like, cause no one mentioned mecha shark. I'm glad radar detector. People remember how stupid that card was. Yeah. You, you bailed on your mecha shark pick. So, you know, I did. Somehow. Yeah. You're, you're probably the problem. I am. Yeah. I just stopped playing it. I just stopped talking about it for no reason. Ruffle. That's a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's move into our favorite paladin cards here. Then uh, Ruffle, what's your, what's your take for favorite paladin card this year? Oh man. Countess for sure. I got a shutter walk off of this card one time and it just made my entire stream. Like it was like, like there's no, there's no topping that. Um, there's also like a cute thing you can do with a uh, prismatic lens 
to get a one <laughs> countess and just go all in on it. Fantastic. I love this card. I just played it recently. So maybe that's shaping it a little bit, but it's it's just like it, it's the perfect card for me. Yeah, very, very Raffle-esque card. Like, this this is the epitome of Raffle. So it makes complete and total sense. Uh, Corb, what's your favorite Paladin card of the year? I I went through a bit of an issue. I drew it and maged like you did. Uh, I couldn't find Paladin stuff, but I went with Katori Lightblade. Uh, the the guy where if you play holy spells on him, he plays it on someone else as well. Um, I don't know, just like pretty satisfying aggro pally card. Like I, I kind of like it. I like what it can do in Labrums when I've tried Labrums every now and again. Um, I don't know, just just add some spice to a to a deck that is otherwise pretty <laughs> like pretty vanilla and stuff. Yeah, um, my favorite was Leviathan, and I don't think I would have picked the Leviathan, which is the the Met Colossal minion. Um, for Paladin, until I don't know if it was you or somebody on HS Replay that you net decked, but the Leviathan oh, the plus Kangors synergy, yeah. um, dude, that is oh, that is so much fun. I played it a bunch of it um, in forty card tax Paladin before Renathal got nerfed, and also uh, in like Reno Paladin, like a, a Zilliax Leviathan Kangors. Oh, it's so satisfying, and I don't know, dude. Leviathan also draws you cards, and like, what's not to love? Um, I know it's not like super strong, but it's it's that is probably like the most satisfying paladin thing I've done outside of smacking people with a crab rider. And I couldn't put crab rider for paladin cards, so put the Leviathan down. One of the better colossal minions for sure. Um, very much enjoyed it. Uh, all right, let's move into uh, into priest here. Okay, so very understandably, uh, the community sentiment uh, for for priest came down to a banned card in Switcheroo. And uh, illuminate the thing that allows you to cheat out Neptalon and Big Priest. Uh, as early so as the the card, the command, the community wants to be banned. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Rolfo and I both had Switcheroo. Uh, I guess my reasoning was not only was it banned, right? This was just kind of your argument for why you picked a Nubricon, right? For Druid card got nerfed. This card got banned, uh, but also like even at its base, it's still a three mana tutorable draw two, which is busted um yeah I, I think that's kind of my reasoning for uh switcheroo being the strongest priest card of the year yeah i think illuminate is a reasonable like follow-up i think some of that is maybe just again recency like people maybe forgot or maybe weren't even playing at the time where switcheroo was happening because it was a relatively short period of time i know it felt like an eternity uh but it wasn't that long and so yeah, just the the oppressive nature of the card. I think it was like, I mean, it's fairly unique and rare that we get a card banned. And I think, like, the fact that Switcheroo was banned is kind of indicative of uh, it being one of the strongest cards Priest has ever gotten. Yeah, my uh, little bit of hesitation on Switcheroo was that, um, well, it did get banned. Um, it wasn't really banned because, like, that deck was too powerful. It's just the play pattern was awful and so i don't know it's kind of like hard to figure out like because it, it was like a single card enabling everything but that's ultimately why i wasn't feeling like i had to auto pick it or anything and i ended up going with blackwater behemoth which uh might have gotten like one one vote from the community or something maybe that's a bit optimistic so yeah blackwater behemoth the colossal was my strongest priest card of the year that's really interesting i i feel like if they ban something like Stone Tuspore or the Darkness instead of Switcheroo, I think you'd still be playing Switcheroo in like 
that's every priest deck that's not big priest, right? Yeah. So it's like Blackwater colors, and I don't know in Reno Priest. What other big priests are there? What other priests? Are... Would I play like Switcheroo in like in a five? Would I play it in Shadow? Like, no, I don't think so. But it, it definitely might enable a couple other archetypes. But um, we don't really have to think about that because the card's bad. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like Blackwater, Blackwater's so strong to me. Like that card's basically a Highlander card level power. Like I, I've always just been. It was crazy to me when Rena Proust first was becoming a thing, and this wasn't like an auto include card. Like this card performs so well. Um, it feels like it always is heals for sixteen. Like it's just a Reno effect stabilizer. Like I don't know, super super busted. I think so. I mean, I understand the argument. It's just, I it wasn't even on my radar for strong strongest card of the year. So, yeah. All right, favorite priest card though, and ruffle. You want, you want to kick it off with yours? Uh, yeah, I went with Harvester of Envy because I'm an evil person and I like permanently stealing stuff from my opponents. So, That's As well as the, playing Thief Effects. The, the original yeah. version, Ruffle, right? Where he could steal the opponent's Harvester? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't there like a bug? Is, like, I'm not remembering that wrong, right? There was like a bug where you could like steal it or something? I haven't had many pop-offs with him personally, so I don't like... I, I can't say for sure, but all I know is that like I, I just... I love the idea of this card. It's <laughs> it's more the the implication of this card. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, Corp, what's yours? Uh, I had Priestess Valish, like very you know very mana cheating, very combo-y, very very me. Uh, so I don't know. It was very flashy. I liked it a lot when um, the Void first came out, and I was playing it in that like Giants. Priest with Switcheroo. That was uh, very, very flashy, the stuff you could do with this. Did you know that Priest's Volition is an 8-8? Is actually quite strong, because <laughs> it is. Whoa, Zero Man 8-8 strong in our wild format? No shot. Alright, everybody take a shot. <laughs> All the <laughs> listeners at home. That's the line. Um, yeah. So we got like the stereotypical Raffle card that he picked for Priest. We got the stereotypical Core Priest that he picked. Um, Identity Theft was mine. Value two for one mm -hmm. but you get two insane cards um i'm not gonna lie to you i absolutely despised reno priest like i i just the way that it won games like the original versions of reno priest where it played like six or seven thief cards or like thought steel style effects really despise that but identity theft is like the one card that's kind of still remained in reno priest list that's they've gotten like good um and it just there's something satisfying about the value, like like shadow visions into an identity identity theft, stealing the opponent's identity theft with identity theft, and keep going. Again, it creates um it creates a whole bunch of like very cool unique moments. It yeah. can also offer like outs that otherwise just don't exist. So like it's definitely fun to play. I think, um yeah, and the hand information is also like a small upside. That's kind of cool. This is my stretch though. This is the one that I was like, I think identity theft. I did not play very much priest this year. <laughs> like at all and i was like okay i played a little bit of arena priest during the brawlizium what is the card that i like, remember liking the most and it was identity theft so yeah it's a stretch okay let's go to a class that all of us have played a lot this year um and that is rogue rogue got a hell of a year uh there, there was a lot of busted rogue card. there were a lot um the community sentiment would not have shown that though because all of the answers were one of two cards uh, it was Swordfish and uh, Stone, Sinstone Graveyard. 
Um, and then I think a little bit of recency bias, you know, people saw this card get nerfed and they did not see Swordfish get nerfed. That must mean Sinstone Graveyard is better because uh, that, that is what went out in, in the community poll. Um, my question to y'all, do you guys agree? Community is very smart, I think. I think it's not recency bias at all and they absolutely nailed it because uh, Sinstone Graveyard is the strongest rogue card of the year, I would say. Yeah, I... I went the opposite direction. I went Swordfish, an actual enabler for an entire archetype that has been dominant the entire year. Um, and that might just be because it released earlier than Sinstone Graveyard, and that's why. But, uh, yeah, Swordfish is, like, the reason that Pyro is what it is. So Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel that strong. Like, like, I, I, I think it could like, be either yeah, of those two. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that means I get to be the, the tiebreaker then, um, which is unfortunate because I chose the new Edwin portrait as the strongest uh, rogue card of the year because... Uh, that has done uh, irreparable damage to my ears, and um, also like you can feel it resonating in your brain uh, in a way that is incredibly uncomfortable. And so, like it, it's not even remotely a, a contest for me that that's the strongest thing that Rogue got this year. Um, if I had to choose between Swordfish and Sunstone Graveyard, my initial inclination was with Meowth, and that like the longevity of Swordfish and the fact that it popped back up recently, as well as like started off so strong. Uh, gave it an edge, but then I thought, well, we had the cards in the metagame at the same time, and like Miracle Rogue was the better deck, so I would probably that would probably make me lean back towards uh, Sandstone Graveyard as the 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 better of the two. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not confident in that. Like the, it was marginally better, you know, and like we didn't have a, as long with Miracle Rogue as we do with Pirate Rogue, so. It, it's very close. I, I could see why, like Graveyard barely won out, um, and especially barely won out. Let, let's circle back to this portrait thing because I think there was like, what was the comment in Corb's chat the other day where it's like, um, Blizzard can't even balance Hearthstone portrait sounds either, right? Um, it was they said it a lot <laughs> no, no, sweeter was, than uh, that. I, was, I ruined the punchline. Uh, Blizzard. Blizzard is so bad at balancing, they can't even balance the sound of new portraits. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, it's not the only broken thing that Hearthstone uh, has given yeah. to Rogue this year. Like, I, it, for me personally, like it, it really hits me hard because I have issues with uh, misophonia where like sounds affect me physically. <laughs> like, so it, oh. it 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 actually causes me uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of pain. Come it's on, Arsone. Fix it for the biggest wild streamer. Come on, now you have to. Um, yeah. Rogue, rogue is Rogue. Um, I also had a lot of fun playing Rogue, though. I don't know about you guys. Um, what was your favorite yeah, Rogue card to play this year? If I'm being honest, like um, it's not the card that I picked, but Miracle Rogue was one of the most fun meta decks that I've ever played. <laughs> it, it felt very active, just like you're doing strong things. You don't really care about what the opponent is doing. But like the, the only correct answer to this is uh, Yep Cox, because like uh, Putricide and the whole concoction uh, package is just quite, quite the package. I, I love me some Cox. I'm not going to go as far as Raffle uh, with how he described his love for Cox, but uh, I did enjoy like the... I really wish that it was the best way to play Miracle Rogue because, God, Petricide itself is busted in half. I'm very surprised that they haven't touched this card when they did like their 12 changes that they made to standard. Um, but this card's sweet. Playing with all the different concoctions and everything like that, super sweet. Um, 
I I am with Ruffle. Yep, Cox. Uh, apparently I'm on Nopcox because uh, I went with a different one. I went with Shadow of Demise, Shadow of Demise, where um, I don't know, like there's something about that card. It's so basic and but just so satisfying. Like it it just offers a whole bunch of like creative options when you're playing it. You have to think about order of cards. Um, it's kind of broken with Secret Passage, where it just sticks in your hand for some reason if you transform it. But uh, hey, that's just another upside. So love that. Um, I don't know. I really like this card. It, it's like something you see on custom HS. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. God, I hope they put that in the game one day. And then there it is. That's in the game. So, Shadow you know, Demise could best... be anything. Yeah, Shadow Demise could be anything, including a cock. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> or a potion bell. Like, you know, more yeah. cocks. Yeah, it, dude, it was so hard, though. Like, I was looking through the rogue cards that they got this year. Just like, I, I knew what my strongest pick was going to be. But they also they got like thirteen really good cards or something like that this year. Like wild play, it's insane the sets that that rogue got. Um, just as they even, as they should. Even just look at like the one mana like cantrip effects, right? <laughs> like they got like three, four different versions of that. Like what? <laughs> you don't you don't need that much. <laughs> as a result, we've also had I think what three or four rogue decks that have been present in the meta. The entire year right pirates miracle and then to a lesser extent pillager and mine right like we've had four good rogue decks the entire year which man most classes are lucky to have one so man very good year right. if you're a rogue fan and i mean there are also we talked about big rogue there are a lot of support pieces that came into play that made that possible as well it wasn't just the cobalt like the cobalt was the big enabler as well as some of the death rattle minions but like snowfall graveyard like uh, even the um the tradable weapon which i guess isn't necessarily new but like a lot of, there's a lot of support pieces that came out recently that really helped that even gone fishing like yeah I, w I would say rogue or priest are probably like the two best classes of the year do you got just like off the top of my head i think that's probably how it went down i would say rogue or shaman but i don't know how much of shamans was due to cards that came mm. out this year true true yeah. shaman had a good year yeah, shaman yeah. always is a good year. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. let's talk about shaman. Um, let's let's not talk too much about our strongest cards because again, we're we're all in unison with the community here. Um, Chisel, the the card is busted, and then in combination with all of the other even shaman support pieces they they got this year, Ch Chisel good. Okay, um, even shaman good. Uh, so let's go ahead and hop over to our our favorite shaman cards of the year though. Uh, lots of sweet stuff that came out for shaman. Um. We've talked a lot about Big Shaman getting nerfed. We talked about Even Shaman being a busted deck. Uh, we talked about Free Shaman being a busted deck. So we kind of had like these three big Shaman decks, <clears throat> kind of just like just like Rogue. Um, so what what was your favorite card though to play if you had to pick one? I guess is now the question. Glug. No, yep, Glug. Just Glug. Just Glug. <laughs> The the colossal minion. Are you playing it anywhere that's not big shaman? Is the question. Yeah, I'm playing it everywhere. It's glug. You just glug him. Glug. glug. I can't understand this love. I'm a glug hater, I guess. That's oh my god. It's like a you problem. I, I'm not a glug you're hater. Really... But it sounds like I'm a glug hater because I don't understand you're, the love. You're mm. just a. Uh, you're just asking to be voted off the podcast, aren't you? Between no. <laughs> <Just laughs> like this and the quest mage though. comments, what are you doing? Yep. Uh, yeah, yep, Glug. Um, <laughs> Glug's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't go with Glug, though. I went with the uh, Radiance of Ashara. 
I went with the card that has like Yu-Gi-Oh levels of text where it just like keeps <laughs> on going. <laughs> I still don't, I don't know, know what that card does, by the way. I still don't. Oh, everything. oh it's the it's the it, yeah, it does everything. <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the card that has um like your fire spells deal plus two spell damage. Your nature spells cost one less. Your your free spells you gain armor or um the three Corp metal three. Doesn't even know what it's, it does. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't remember how much no, armor. Three I think armor. Gained, yeah, yeah. I think you hit all of them. Yeah, least. yeah, you get three, three armor. Um, but yeah, it's the card that we we put in like uh, Frog Shaman um, back when that was a playable Hearthstone deck. Remember that? Oh, and Drek'thar um, existed. Yeah. Oh God, Drek'thar. Yeah. Back to the back to the <laughs> what, what did we call the category? Uh, Warsogged. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this card was just like I don't know. It's pretty fancy. Like I know it didn't really get to stick out too much this year, apart from that. But I have long term hope for this. Like cards with that much text. That much mana discounting, that much damage potential. Like I'm very excited for what this can potentially do in the future. Soon, TM. All right, uh, my favorite shaman card. It's kind of an innocuous support piece. Like we've been talking about, um, schooling is mine. Uh, schooling is a good enough card that we like aren't running primal dungeoneers in shaman, which is like you say this at the beginning of the year and you're crazy. Um, but like schooling is just kind of like that good, and uh, it's as somebody who. Like, I'm the free Shaman Defender of the podcast. As somebody who has played a lot of that deck, it is so just good for that deck, especially, like, in combination with stuff like Finley against control decks, but then against aggro decks. Like, you have a schooling in your hand against, like, a pirate rogue, you kind of just win, because it, like, they don't get any chip damage in for, like, the first four turns, which is, like, super nice. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing super fancy, but uh, I, I think it's super sweet uh, in, in, like, the current builds of the deck. Like I, I found room for it even without 40 cards. Um, just saying something, because there's a lot of good cards in Shaman, and so, big fan of schooling. Yeah, very um, low-key, but super busted. And like you said, like pretty satisfying, right? Like It just feels nice to play. Kind of enables a lot of stuff, as well, you wouldn't think. Like Even like Knolls and like Evolve cards, things like that, so... Yeah, kind of subtle. There's also like the super key thing back when like Theotar was like meta, where like the different oh, yeah. colored fishes were technically different yeah. unique cards, and so you could help play around Theotar uh, like that to protect your Shadok, which is pretty sweet. All right, let's move into uh, into Warlock here. Uh, so the community nominees for the strongest Warlock card uh, were pretty favorable for Tome Tampering, which makes sense because it was the card that got banned. Uh, and then some distance behind competing with each other uh, were Soul Barrage and Gigafin. Uh, so looking at this, it looks like I'm the odd one out. So I'll let you guys go first uh, with y'all's pick for the strongest card of the year. I mean, if I could pick uh, Tome Tampering and Soul Barrage together, I would probably do that. Uh, but I think that also, like, we had a long period of time where games of Hearthstone, as much as they're dictated by, like, Cataclysm into Soul Barrage or Tome Tampering into Soul Barrage were dictated by Sea Devil Stinger into uh, Gigafin. So Gigafin was my choice. It slotted into a great number of decks. It kind of became like the Flurgle Docks of Warlock, and it was probably equally toxic. Like you ran Gorlock Ravager in order to fetch it, and it was uh, it, it was gross. I think people forget or maybe didn't see it as much uh, at certain ranks, but it was absolutely like uh problematic when things were slower during like the initial renathal metagame i think uh yeah if i was gonna pick a discard it would have been soul barrage but um ultimately i went for gigafin um 
yeah, games were definitely... <laughs> there's a lot of games dictated by... God, I really hope they don't play Gigafit on turn four, and then they would play Gigafit on turn four, and then I would close the game and go on to the next one. Um, I don't know, Gigafin's busted. It's even so, like, it's so strong, even played at eight mana, like, if you don't cheat it out, and the fact that you can cheat it out on turn four is absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know, just a core piece and multiple Warlock decks, very strong on its own, so. Ultimately, went with this one. I, I actually had it very close between Gigafin and Tome Tampering. Like, unlike the community vote, it was actually very hard for me to pick. Um, I, I did go with Tome Tampering as my strongest card of the year. Um, not only because it was, like, one of, like, if not the best card, right? And, like, the Discord Warlock, right? We, we saw how much losing the Tome Tampering has kind of done to that deck. Um, but also, like, when it came out, it was a Nathria card, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know when it was revealed, I was like, okay, this card it's going to do some broken things. The the broken things is what I thought it was going to do. It didn't end up doing right. I thought it was going to make some like big warlock style of deck. It didn't end up doing that, but like it was still very, very strong in Mechathune warlock. Like it, it was a card that has always been very strong, had a lot of potential. And then it was discard warlock where like it saw that potential kind of realized and then it got banned. Um, but I, I actually Would, do think it was very close. Between I, it I see what's happening here. Meowth. You, Would you, you had to put it as your strongest warlock card because, to justify you having it in your top five most powerful back in Nathria. Now, I, I think the see, ban itself did that, Corb. Like, uh, what do you what do you mean? <laughs> out of curiosity, would you would you say that uh, your expectations for Tome Tampering uh, initially were similar to that of your expectations for Deck of Chaos? Stop it! Just asking. I, I don't know. It was very obvious that Tome Tampering is busted, okay? My my Deck of Chaos prediction was very heavily influenced by my love affair with L- Luna's Pocket Galaxy, all right? I wasn't seeing clearly when I was rating Deck of Chaos. Um, Tome Tampering was very obvious. But it doesn't do the thing you thought it would. It's It does broken things, okay? I just thought it was going to be a one a, broken deck A, and it ended up being broken deck B and C. Like, what's the difference? You know, what's the difference? You're telling me broken. there's still a chance deck of chaos any day now. Is what I'm right. hearing. That's what I'm hearing too. Yeah, okay, <laughs> if they print a tutor for that card, so that you always play it on five, maybe. Okay. <clears throat> Why did you do this, Raffle? Come on. All right. Favorite warlock card, Corp. What's yours? <clears throat> Term tamper. <laughs> Now we have to kick Corb out of the podcast. <laughs> I, um, I was going through the Warlock and I almost had Ruffles answer. Uh, I don't want to spoil. But um, I, I was really struggling to come up with one. And I'm like, I kind of was actually into Tome Tampering like, out of everything that we saw. Ultimately, look, I didn't love the Warlock sets. If you go through that, it's like, hmm, do I like Warlock or Curses? Or do I like random shadow support that didn't go anywhere or do i like discard cards there's not that many options for like favorite warlock card um but ultimately i kind of liked tome like I, I liked it more in terms of the deck building i liked it in terms of the puzzle solving like i i liked it in that kind of stage um earlier in the year when it first came out i liked how um, it made Meowth wrong. Like, that was very, uh, a huge appeal as well. So I think that this had a lot of, like, things going for it, uh, more than any other Warlock card, I would say. If I could just replicate Get Me Rage, 
Like if we weren't on video, <laughs> it was gonna it would happen. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Um, since I see Ruffles answer, uh, I also found it very very hard to pick something right because it was it was Murlocs, it was curses, it was discard, and then it was sh- shadow and what undead were like the five things. It, it got oh, yeah, very parasitic dead. sets this year. It, it just, yeah, it got nothing but parasitic sets. Yeah, it um, seems like which was like a part of me was just about to put Gigafin down as my favorite because I was like, it's the card that I have cast the most this year. It has carried me to many victories. It's going to be my uh, favorite. Um, I ended up going with a pending catastrophe though, uh, because two mana draw a million is is fun, even if it's not very good. It's fun. Um, and there was a hot minute where we were running uh, like Wicked Whispers and Pending Catastrophe in like Rena Locks and Mechathune Warlocks just because the card draw, did, card draw engine was like super sweet. Um, yeah. Uh, again, I don't think this card is very good. Uh, poor Imp Warlock. Got the, the standard treatment where it was like good for like a week and then it got nerfed. So didn't really ever get to play this in wild. Uh, but drawing cards, drawing cards is fun. All right, Ruffle. Your your very unique take here. Uh, uh, take pass. Good <laughs> answer, honestly. Like really uh, I, I I did the same thing you guys did. I I look through and I'm just like, I don't I don't like any of these. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't like Murlocs. Um, I, I feel like the the way that it played with the dredging could have been interesting, but like the way it shaped out was not nearly as fun as I had hoped. Um, then. I don't know. Curses got really old really quickly. Um, remained pretty old. Imps never really interested me at all. The closest would be Impending Catastrophe. I almost did the same thing where I almost just like, well, Gigafin was the, the card that I played the most. It must be must be that. But then I remembered like, no, I hate this card. <laughs> and I hate what it did to the format for that period of time. So I can't pick that. So just, no. Just Warlock. I like Warlock as a class. It kind of got the shaft, this uh, expansion. Like it, it, it got strong cards and like that's not to say that it was like a complete miss for warlock it's just none of the stuff really interested in me all that much yeah warlock got a, like had a bunch of strong decks throughout the entire year it's just like they weren't primarily off of the back of new cards right outside of gigafin and like right. yeah there's no shot that i can say cd level gigafin is like my favorite thing when i like actively want it to be nerfed so right. i feel like that'd be very hypocritical of me um all right let's move on to uh our last class here and that is warrior um and I'm actually looking at the answers now. This is actually hilarious. Um, because it feels like there were two warrior cards that were printed this year. Uh, one of them was Anime Extractor, and the other one was Imbutax. Um, and so I think it's very obvious what uh, our favorites and strongest were, and that was Anime Extractor. Uh, I think it Rage Warrior Loki being really slept on, and it's a very cool and powerful deck. Um, I will say, community, I'm a little bit disappointed in you guys. A lot of you guys saw Warrior and typed in Keck W um, instead of actually answering the question. Um, it's actually the correct... No, I'm proud of them. <laughs> um, but those of you that did answer the question did uh, put Anime Extractor as well, like, pretty obviously. So, yeah. This card's good. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, like, it's also the <laughs> card that makes Enrage Warrior fun to play. Like, it's just... It, it, it's just a fun card. It's cool. People should play it more. Yep. Ah, Warrior. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I played in Rage Warrior last stream, did that as my Legend Climb deck. I liked it a lot. Like, the extra draw feels nice. Like, I feel like I can lower the curve. I'll probably play a lot of that deck. It might be my, like, third or fourth most played deck in the next few weeks. But um, that just might make it, like, Beast Hunter 2.0, because I don't think anyone else is going to play it. <laughs> right. 
I, I think that's probably true. But I don't think it's as good as Beast Hunter is yeah. either. So it's like it, that makes it less likely to catch on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Warriors is in a tough spot, dude. Like, we had a few things that could have been interesting. Like, I think From the Depths mm-hmm. could have been, like, something that, you know, got something very exciting going in Wild. Um, but ultimately, like, Warrior got gutted in the first expansion. And then for the next couple expansions, it's a sort of... They just don't have win conditions. They don't have lethality and... It, the card sets have just felt so like ugh. like people aren't inspired to play in wild or standard like it's obviously just been a pretty rough year so it's not a surprise that people just came up with the one card and um an honorable mention to a very similar card and that's uh that's kind of all all we had going for us this year with warrior so you know maybe next year we can get a rogue-esque uh, set for warrior wouldn't that be exciting yeah it really well, would here's my greatest fear is that like what if in an effort to make warrior playable they do some reversions on the uh the quest line when it rotates i don't want to say my opinion on this because i don't want to get yelled at i know this will actually but... get you thrown off the podcast <laughs> be <Yeah>. careful <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'll remark was one step too far this will be the end of it <laughs> i know to be clear i don't know necessarily how strong it would be relative to where we are in the metagame i just don't want to live in that world <laughs> so, yeah. Like I don't want to, I don't want to mold over cannon shots, uh, game after game again. Yeah, I, I find it very fascinating. Like we were just talking about how shitty the warlock sets were, and then I like look at warrior and I'm like, wow, warlock had an embarrassment of riches compared to this. Like warrior got absolute trash. What well, the last two yeah. sets, and then the only interesting cards from Voyage got gutted for standard. So like it was, yeah. it was a brutal year. Again, Warlock didn't get bad stuff. Like, even Imps mm. is fine. Even Murlocs is, like, a playable. They got parasitic sets, but they were, like, it, it makes a cohesive deck, at least, right? Like, you, you can queue that up on ladder. Warrior just got, like... They just got, got fire war- warrior, baby. <laughs> they just got piles of... Like, funny you mentioned fire, because it is piles of hot garbage. Yeah, it's just like a mishmash of random control things that don't make any sense together. Like, like what the hell is Last Stand? Like, four mana draw a Torment minion, double its stats. Like, what, what are we doing with that? Like, come on, man. That's not a card that's playable in any class. Or yes. in any archetype. Like, that's just not a card that exists in the game of Hearthstone. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm hoping they switch it up with Warrior, like, whatever they do. Like, I think, um, I think, like, the Risky Skipper type stuff is something they can lean heavily into. They already have, like, a sort of reprint a little bit with some Fury Champions, so maybe they can lean heavily into this whole fire package and give it, like, more draw and more, like, uh, sort of try and relive that experience in standard. Um, but it was very uninspired. And it does feel like Warrior for a while now. Like, it had that really cool pop-off with Enrage Warrior. Not this, this current Enrage Warrior, but the previous one. The one with, like, um, eggs and stuff, right? Yeah, like, Corker yeah. Elite and Blood Swarm when that was in stand, Risky Skipper. And that was the last time I think Warrior felt really cool. Because, like, I don't... Do people like the Control Warrior stuff that we were doing? Like, in, in Voyage? I think, yeah. Like, no, I think people I did. But from the, they didn't like losing to From the Depths, but people seem to really like playing From the Depths. Mm. It is, As it's like, classic, think, yeah. 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 And From the Depths is probably like a very non-Warrior card, right? Like, it's a lot of mana cheating, kind of enable stuff that Warrior doesn't traditionally do. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Well, I think the issue is, is for Wild players, the only thing that's going to rotate, that's going to be potentially reverted or interesting, is the quest line, right? Yeah. And 
we'll we'll talk about this in a future episode but uh, yeah that's but, yeah. that's why the thought just came up as well we were discussing mm-hmm. what they could do in the future unfortunately that uh, that realization came to mind for me yeah dude what a shit set of like expansions for for warrior that was that was not not a good year all right let's move on to uh to our neutrals though um i think this year compared to a couple in the past is like the, the strongest set of neutrals that we've seen it's it's kind of insane how strong these were um and so just like run through a couple like we had raid boss nixia coming out uh coming out in the mini set the altar valley mini set alongside uh pre-change kazakasan uh we had okani for four mana uh we had obviously renathal denathrius theatar um and then from this most recent expansion we now have astalor um so it's been a a pretty good year for neutral legendaries that you can shove in basically every deck and have it be good um after you got you got to mention nephilim the the comments will uh, come for you i don't play (laughs) the big decks and so i always forget about it um nephilim as well from what is that voyage mini set as well it was a good year for for neutral cards very good year um and so i found it very hard to to pick strong ones uh, and especially, it was very easy to pick my favorite, but it was very hard to decide what, which one was the uh, the strongest for me. Um, so the community uh, voted, and I think, to, to no one's surprise, uh, people thought Renathal uh, was the strongest neutral card of the year. S- surprisingly, none of us agreed with them when it came to Renathal being the strongest. Um, yeah, I mean, you say to no one's surprise, but that was kind of... To- to my surprise well, um I, I think the community believes that renathal was the reason that all of these decks were good and i i think it was a lot of the other cards that we're going to talk about in this section was the reason that reno decks were good and renathal just made it very easy to put them in like to put them all together and not feel bad about 40 cards so no i i don't want to dismiss the the impact of, of renathal entirely because we were pretty doom and gloom when he did get nerfed um you know, when I when I saw this, I was like trying to think back. Okay, well, what decks did Renathal really make good? And you know, there's a handful of them. He wasn't really played in that high a density of the top decks in either format when he was nerfed. If we're looking back, I think it was maybe like three uh, or seven of like the the top twenty, three of the top ten, like um, five of the top fifteen. It was pretty consistently about a third of the decks included Renthal, which is a lot, right? Like the, but I think it's overstated his his impact because like a lot of the best decks did not want to run uh Renethal. Um but what I think he did do um was he actually kind of made other decks worse, right? Like he made Pirate De- Rogue worse. He made mech decks worse. He made um you know, some of those decks that people really don't like that we're kind of complaining about now, worse, that were some of the bullies that uh, we saw. Those bad parts of the other expansions that we discussed earlier, Renathal made those decks worse. It's not so much that he made the deck that would have been better, but like the threat of Renathal existing made some of those decks worse. Mine Rogue is another example, even to a lesser extent, maybe Pillager. So in in a sense, I think that he did like have a strong impact on the metagame while not necessarily like as much as some other cards making uh make the decks that played him good if that makes sense right 
Like, uh, it, it was almost a, a reluctant inclusion in your deck just to keep those types of decks that were popular at bay. Um, so for that reason, I picked a card that I felt, or the cards that I felt were, like, actively making those decks good, which is Astalor and Denethris. Yeah, um, on Renathar, like, it, it is such a hard card to judge because it isn't... You know, you can't just look at the draw and win rate of the card and assess how strong it, it Like, it's an enabler. It's a, it's a Baku. It's a Gen. And so it's kind of like trying to figure out what a unique game-changing card like that does and how to evaluate it properly is very complicated. And trying to figure out, like, where Renathal starts and where Astalor and Denathrius begin is uh, is very difficult. So, um, yeah, like 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 Ruffle said, there was, like, Reno Priest, Shadowwalk Charm and Reno Lock and Dragon and, like, Druid decks. So that's, like, a significant chunk but. Um, there was other things that helped out with that. And Astalor, I think, is uh, my pick. Um, I think Astalor was actually clearly better than Denathrius, but Denathrius all came, also came out at a time when Astalor didn't exist. So, sort of, you know, like, when they were in there together, though, I thought Astalor was the top performer, so Astalor was my pick. But um, there was a few that I was thinking about, including Renathal and, uh, and Meowth's pick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went completely in a different direction here, and I picked uh, four mana Theotar, uh, unreleased Theotar. Um, this card is like was as defining as something like Lothab, right? Like it was the premier disruption piece, right? That I, I think was like one of the main reasons that these forty card decks functioned, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that you weren't dying to stuff like Pillager Rogue and, and uh, all these other combo decks, and so maybe. I think I still underestimate the power of Renathal, and I think it was more a like a people enjoyed playing him, right? And maybe we've talked about this a bunch, so I'm not going to dive too deep into it now. But I think people do the point of that being people have overestimated. I think the power of of Renathal, um, and so that's why I I am in agreement with you guys. Like I I would pick. Astlord, the Nathrius, the four mana Theotar. I just think four mana Theotar was so crucial for these Reno decks, for the the Druid decks, and things like that. Uh, for like the survival of their like slow control game plan, um, that he was even seeing play at five was still good at five, uh, and is just now finally kind of being phased out of most decks at, at six. And so, like I I know Theotar is like a love hate card for a lot of people, including us on the podcast, but like it's. I think it was a very strong, important card uh, for the format, especially with something like Denathrius existing at the same time. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, th I think maybe some of this is just like the nuance within how we interpreted the the category as well. Mm -hmm. Like if if you were to the the category is the strongest neutral. I interpreted that as the strongest standalone, like neutral card. If we were talking about impact on the metagame, I'd say yeah, maybe Renathal did have a bigger impact on the metagame than than an Astalor, than a Denathrius, than a, even a Theotar. Um, so, like, depending on how you interpret the question, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to say Renathal because his impact of on the metagame is, like, undeniable. We saw a massive shift when he got nerfed. Yeah, with that argument, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, I definitely definitely don't want to understate the pick for Renathal um, and his impact on the meta because, like I said, I almost picked him. I was thinking about it. Um, I, I think as well, like, uh, like Renathal is definitely seen as the clear enabler uh, to a lot of these control decks um, because now that he's nerfed, you know, those decks feel a lot weaker. But I think at the same time, like, I think Astalor by himself can also be a very strong enabler for things like Reno Warlock and Reno Priest. It's just, 
it's young. Like, like Renathal has been nerfed for like a couple of weeks, and so people are still very much in the experimenting like phase. It's been like, you know, it's ta it's taking time for decks like Reno Lock to go back to thirty card lists. But I, I think if you pick up things like Reno Lock, a card like Astalor is <laughs> you're gonna know like very quickly like what is winning you a lot of Hearthstone games and what is what is your main win condition. And this this is the card. Like this is the card that it can give a deck like Reno Lock like all the late game it needs in the world. Um, and so I, I think the impact might just take a little bit for it to sink in in wild, um, because players are still so attached, understandably, um, to their previous Renathal decks, and they don't want to quite let go of that just yet. Corbat here giving spoilers for next week's episode already. Damn. Um, but yeah, I 100% agree. I, I wanted to make sure that it doesn't sound like I, I don't think Renathal is good or that I don't like Renathal, because as we move into our favorites, Prince Renathal was clearly, for me, my favorite neutral card of the year. Right, uh, and it wasn't even close because as somebody who loved playing forty card free shaman, forty card read lock, forty card curse warlock, like I, I loved it, right, and I loved what he did to the meta for wild, and I love how he impacted the wild meta, um, and so Ruffle, I know you feel the same way here because I see that he pick <laughs> is your pick as well. So if you want, to yeah, and that. he's my pick primarily for the the reason that I stated in his impact yeah. on the meta game. He really kind of like slowed things down to. Similar to like what we saw with a uh, watch post in in Barons in, in a way where like uh, you know watch post pilot cards were kind of a thing in uh, Forged and the Barons and I like I actually really like that meta game um, and Renathal's impact is kind of reminiscent of that uh, for me so like yeah he he had a massive effect on on things uh, even if I don't think that like he was necessarily the strong thing that those decks were doing um, he still again had influence uh over what people were able to play successfully in the format all right corp you had something that was not prince renathal you prince renathal hater how dare you i'm, I'm messing what, what what was your favorite neutral card of the year i'll just say that like corp's pick for favorite neutral is honestly a strong contender that none of us mentioned for best neutral card or strongest neutral card as hey, well when i was doing my whole release. engine for that i i named it as one of oh them. okay right. i missed it Come on. Yeah, I uh, I had Kazakasan um, as my favorite neutral. Um, I think Kazakasan in standard was horrific, <laughs> like a disaster. I think Kazakasan in wild was super fun. Like I I was a big fan of this. I thought that it gave um, Druid in particular, uh, but some of the other classes as well. But I think Druid in particular, it, it gave it a very fun late game win condition that didn't feel like out of whack or out of bounds for the format. You know, you got to do these like big flashy things that felt um, appropriate at that stage of the game. So I had so much fun when this was around. Like I, I, I alluded to the, um, yeah, the Chaothus Kazakasan Druid before, where when everyone else was playing like the Chaothus OTK deck, um, there was also this like Kazakasan version that was running around that could win the mirror, and I think that was probably the best deck in that format. And um, I enjoyed that deck so much when that was around. And yeah, I, I just think that Kazakasan. I'm actually like, I, I I don't know whether there's that much positive sentiment towards the card, um, but it's something that I hope gets reverted. Like when it rotates, I I think it's a powerful finisher that isn't far away from things like Shadowwalk. Like, I think late-game bombs and late-game things like that should be flashy and fun. And so I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, I I think at the time there was a lot of negative sentiment, but we've had so many powerful neutral cards that were, like, auto-includes that that kind of almost became more... It, 
I don't know, commonplace. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know about acceptable necessarily, but more commonplace at least to the point where something like the the problem that I think people had with Kazakhstan, both in wild and standard, but mostly it was a standard issue, was the prevalence of it. And mm -hmm. like now that we've had so many like very very prevalent neutral cards, um, I think the community maybe would be more accepting of it. And I'm with you. I don't think it would necessarily be more problematic than like an unnerved Denathrius or a current Astalor type card. Yeah, I I loved Kazakhstan. Bring it back. Drew needs the help anyways. And like like you were saying that I it was not out of line in Wild at all. Like it was perfectly in line with everything else that was. Go I at it's when you compare strong, it to something like Denathrius like, or Shadow Walker, things yeah. it's like perfectly fine. Um, and it, yeah. I had no issues with the card. Like I, I thought it was good. I, the most frustrating part about it was when you didn't roll the Embers or the the Zero Mana Deal Seven, right? And the, but that wasn't really like. There was like a little bit of RNG, and that that was the frustrating part. But th there always that's is also kind right? of the fun part, I think. Yeah, like that's also part of the fun, right? Is that the the light game can be a little bit different every time? Which yeah, is, it, it hopefully that's, is. That's what I liked about it. I think I, I think another issue that is you know a little bit less quantifiable or like balance related is that it kind of like took away from like the heart or the um, sort of I don't know the the goal of what a card like uh Kazakhstan was meant to do was make people play dragon decks and instead they just played like spell decks with Kazakhstan and yep. like I, you know there's there's something to that right like imagine current um spell demon hunter with just like a Kazakhstan in there i mean that'd be a really cool that'd deck but like that's uh, so cool. <laughs> you trying to dissuade me ruffle no i'm not i but like it, it kind of like it, because i i want to play that deck as well but like you know that that doesn't give people a reason to play dragons, which is what I think the the intention of uh, Kazakhstan was. Right. Yeah. And I, but that's the thing is that like I totally agree that that's the intention of the card and it's standard. That's fine. But I, I think in wild, like if yeah, people just want to run a spell deck, then it's that's like fine. Yeah. screw it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like I, the people I, that yeah. played Reno in like combo freeze mage, right? Where you like just cycle through your deck, or like where they were played a Mechathene Warlock that go like hem it into Reno into combo, right? Like it's. Or Zephyrus and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, that being said, it's now time. You have to pick a single card. What was the strongest card that came out in the year 2022? Okay. We, we've talked a lot about our strongest and our favorites, but we have to pick one. Okay. Um, I'm going to let the, the community go first. And uh, they did say Prince Renathal was the strongest card that came out in 2022. And it might be because I, I'm hoping that it's more akin to what Raffle was talking about. Like, it was probably the most impactful card that came out in 2022 in terms of its effect on the metagame. Um, but given that none of us have him in our in our list here, I, I think it's safe to say, based on our definition, he is not the strongest card of 2022. Um, and so I'll let you guys take it away first, whoever wants to go. Uh, sure, I picked uh, Carving Chisel and kind of like mentioning the rest of the Ema Shaman package, like Anchored Totem is still strong. <laughs> but part of that is because of how good Carving Chisel is. And then um, like Gigantotem is also pretty strong. But part of that is because of how good Carving Chisel is. So Carving Chisel is the thing that enables or makes the other good cards that Ema Shaman got gooder. And so like that's very clearly the, the good card in, the, in the deck. Yeah. And <laughs> like, and at various points as a result of that, in, in 
you can make an argument including currently like even shaman is the goodest deck in in the format so like it's clearly the the goodest card yeah right. chisel uh chisel's a great pick like i was very close to picking chisel uh but ultimately i didn't i went with a sinstone graveyard because two mana 15 15 is quite strong <laughs> I'm just going to to cut the same conversation that we just had when we were talking about our strongest rogue cards and put it here because my strongest was Swordfish uh, yeah. for the same reasons when we were debating Sinstone versus Swordfish. Like, I think Rogue got the strongest set of the year and it wasn't particularly close. Um, and it was very hard to distinguish which one of these strong cards was the strongest. And uh, I, I went with a three mana deal 14. Core went with the, the two mana make a 15 15. Um, you can see merits to both. Um. Yeah. Uh. God. How are you dealing fourteen with the swordfish? It's three mana twelve, and then you give the pirate plus two attack, and it's oh, always okay. on a on a deck hand. So you're always dealing two right. guaranteed, okay. right? Oh, but you're forgetting yeah. about the buccaneer buffing the weapon, right? Account, so you got to add so the seventeen. Seventeen. Even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes my argument even better. Three mana deal seventeen greater than two mana fifteen. All right. Swordfish <laughs> obviously a better card. Um. Yeah. I mean, both of these are like the iconic cards with the decks. I think that they are in. Um. Like I said, I'm just gonna control, control C the road conversation, paste it here. Um, yeah. Yep. On, honestly, like I don't think any of these are wrong, and yeah, even yeah. even Renathal, like depending on again how you interpret the the question, like is is a, a correct choice in my mind, even though I didn't even choose him as the strongest neutral. Um, but like, I mean, you're splitting hairs at this point, right? Like Rogue and Shaman both got nutty nutty sets this uh, this year. All right. Okay. Related to that. So now we're going to talk about a card that's not even released in 2022. So this award is going to kind of go to what is the the card that improved the most that was not released this year. So basically like an old card that wasn't seeing a ton of play, but then based upon a set that got released this year or a set of cards, all of a sudden became a key piece and like a good deck. Um, and so to kind of the same argument that uh, the Corp was making for Sinstone Graveyard, if a 2 mana 15, 15 is good, a 3 mana 30, 30 is also very, very good. Um, and that's kind of what Edwin is with all of the Miracle Road cards and Bone Spikes, and you have seen it happen to you. Edwin, Miracle Road didn't exist, right? Everybody knows about Edwin. Miracle Road didn't exist in WoW before this year. And now that it exists, Edwin is good. So that is my pick for the uh, you know most improved card uh, in Wild for 2022. Uh, I went with Buzzard. Was that a nerf this year? Because... Uh... No, that was unnerfed in 2021. So it went, it went oh. a whole year without really being played. Right. And then, but even though it wasn't unnerfed this year, like the Harpoon Gun synergies and some of the other cards that were released alongside it just like propelled it back into what we thought it was going to be when it got <laughs> got uh, unnerfed. So um, yeah, that just kind of like started basically almost going back up to where it was uh, in the original days in um you know, in one of the best decks in the format out of nowhere. Pretty big difference. Yeah, I, I also had Buzzard, you know, like card just popped up out of nowhere. Like uh, it took it took a while, took a year, but you know, with enough synergy, Harpoon Gun kinda did a lot of work for that and um yeah, I mean it helped push a deck that was tier one, I think, for a large portion of the year and was even the best deck of the year at, at certain points. So yep, Buzzard. But yeah, I think I think Edwin I think sorry. What was that? Rob? It had pretty good stain power throughout the year too. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Edwin's such a great pick, though, because it's like, it's a card we all knew was going to be broken. Like, it's one of those cards where at some point, like, yeah. something is going to happen in Wild, and then it finally just happened. So, What do you, what do you mean, Corbett? Edwin as a card is just a singular 3-mana 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the 3-mana 2-2. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, like, unplayed card that suddenly became okay. top tier. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, that would apply to the 4-4 the four four when it got when it got buffed, buffed to, to 3, it. yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never um, mind. Uh, still, Edwin is a good choice. Either Edwin is a good choice <laughs> in that category. It's just, I we kind of knew that this card was good. Like I, I played Edwin in freaking Shuffle Rogue when I played that deck, and it was like okay in there. It was just missing the shell to be good. But uh, yeah, two biggest glow-ups of the year, I think. I, I could see Buzzard as well. Uh, Buzzard and uh, OG Edwi, Eddie uh, both having major glow-ups this year. All right. One more fun category, and uh, I was ahead of the game. I, I have named this appropriately. Uh, this is the Deck of Chaos Award. Okay, this is the card that was the most overrated, right? Somebody was super hyped for the card. I'm not going to say who, but somebody was super hyped for the card, and it ended up being absolutely unplayable trash on release. Um, and so this is the card that kind of that we missed on uh, the most here. Uh, so... God, I'm reading these options, and Ruffle, I hate yours. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and go first. Uh, I'm going to say I was really split on two cards, and I, I couldn't decide. So the one that I was probably the most wrong about was Forensic Duster. So I thought this was going to be like Colt Knight, Neophyte 2.0, like Weblord. It was going to be in like every deck, right? Like it was going to be like an omnipresent tech card, um, and it was going to help us beat stuff like Pillager and, and things like that. Um, I haven't seen a Forensic Duster played against me in like the past seven or eight months. Like the card is just not really everywhere. Like I, I've seen it pop up maybe once or twice, but like it's it's not really good. Um, and then the one that like I think the community kind of missed on uh, was the Jailer. Uh, people were really hyped for this Jailer Bulf interaction. People asking, "Man, is this gonna get banned? Right? Like, is Bulf gonna get banned? Like day two that the Jailer came out and." I haven't seen a Jailer since day two uh, that it came out. So if that tells you anything about uh, that card. I, I think we all three were in agreement about that card just, like, not being great. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, dude. It's, on, it's honestly better than I thought, I would say. Which, you know. Your bar was not very high then, right? Cause no, it's not my a bar very was not card. high. But, like, it's saying more play than I expected. Especially in standard. It, like, popped up in, like, a number of decks over there. Really. Where yeah. you can afford to get to 10 or this is 10 mana in standard it was always a bit fringe like like it's either like oh you can play the jailer or you can play other stuff but yeah it was still a bit better yeah i think that the jailer is um one of my choices first of all as well but uh second of all like a good lesson in like maybe not overreacting to things on like that seem broken on day one two of an expansion because that was or a, even before before the expansion yeah, before <laughs> before is a it may be a good thing as well because there are a lot of people that were just like at pitchforks out they were ready to burn down the village over this card uh both prior to the release and and after and it, like even while i was playing it i'm just like yeah this is this is not good like it, it's very fragile um and just not very unreliable very inconsistent it's just not good um so yeah it's kind of like a wait and see type thing uh the the other choice that i had that meowth is uh, upset about is uh, is tome tampering um a, a lot of people similarly were like saying oh this is the broken warlock card of the set 
and this is going to ruin the uh, the format in a similar way to uh, Steeler of Souls uh, was a common common comparison I saw with this, and I didn't agree necessarily, um, especially after like the theory crafting it turned out to just not be good. It did end up being obviously a powerful enabler for disco lock, but like that's not what people predicted it as. It's it, it's similar to how like people freaked out over Glide when it was initially um initially revealed and then released and it was unplayable trash until the the quest line came out and they like retrofitted their um their their prediction to be like see i was right it was broken <laughs> but like well no it was the interaction between these two cards not the inherently powerful thing like tome tambourine itself wasn't inherently powerful it was the synergy with um you know, soul, soul barrage at all that uh, really put it into focus in the same way that like glide with the um, the quest line is what made that card even remotely playable. Yeah, my uh, my pick was I I think I was like very high on this at the time. Um, again, it's been a long time since we've done some of these reviews, so I can't remember exactly. But Coral Keeper. Now, if you don't know what this card is. Yeah. yeah, if you don't know what this card is, then you, you know, you're not alone, probably. This is the 5-mana Shaman minion, 5-mana uh, 3-4 Battlecry, summon a 3-3 three, three elemental for each spell school that you've cast this game. So we thought it was like Hunter Spellstone on curve every time, and I remember being super high on it and uh, thinking it was going to be busted. And um, I remember it was one of the highest rated cards in like the pre-polling on like the uh, Coin Concede podcast for Standard. This card saw no play, like, <laughs> like not in Standard, not in Wild. This card saw, saw nothing. Um, it turns out it either just isn't that consistent, or maybe Hunter Spellstone isn't as good as we had hoped in uh, current year. I, I don't know. Probably, Probably just a combination of both. Yeah, maybe I, like I think two. It's, I think two, it's more three, than. Three. Right, I think Probably it's more the former. Yeah. That, like, getting it, because I did play it briefly, and getting it online was quite a bit more difficult than I anticipated. Like, even with a very multicaster-centered deck, it, like, get it, you need it on curve to be good. That's when um, Spellstone was good. Uh, and you just can't reliably get it online as much as the Hunter Spellstone. Yeah, I remember being excited for this card. I don't think I was, like, adamant it was going to be good, but I was excited to play it. Because I was like, mm. at that time, I was like in love with Multicaster and I like really loved Multicaster. And so I was like, dude, Multicaster Shaman, baby, this is great. And yeah, um, yeah, a couple of misses, but uh, that Tome Tamer one, I'm still gonna be adamant that that's that was a miss. I was just, I'm, I'm smart, okay? I promise. All right, uh-huh. last award of the year, uh, and it saved the best for last, and that is the uh, the strongest deck of the year. We've seen a lot of busted stuff, right? Uh, at the beginning of the year, we had, uh, what what was it? Kael'thas Druid and Splitcheroo Priest. Um, we had, like, OG Pirate Rogue. We had um, Big Shaman. We had Big Rogue. We've had Discard Warlock. We've, we've had a bunch of very, very strong decks throughout the year. Um, and so narrowing it down to just one was hard. Um, the community... Uh, said overwhelmingly uh, that Discard Warlock was the uh, the strongest deck of the year. And I, I wonder how much of that is uh, recency bias. Um, but uh, that that is what the community, community said. Um, how about you guys? Um, I, I don't think Discard Warlock is wrong. 
Uh, it's just not necessarily what I chose. For me, it was between uh, three decks. It was uh, Discard Warlock, um, Big Shaman, and Big Rogue. Uh, Big Shaman, you know, had some answers, so that kind of got thrown out for me. So it was really between Discard Warlock and Big Rogue because they really did have a very similar effect on, like, completely capturing the metagame. Uh, I think that maybe the, the votes happened for Discard Warlock in the poll community polling just because like it lasted longer and it trickled down further uh then then big rogue but i chose big rogue because uh uh i don't know i feel like we need a reminder of just how nasty that deck was yeah i uh i also chose big rogue there's a, about like six or seven decks that i considered um one of them isn't mentioned in like the meowth notes uh i, I considered beast hunter um, I think there was a stretch for that deck was like standalone best deck like by a margin. Um, so I, th I thought about that one a bit. Um, the Chaos Kazakasun Druid was one that I was thinking about, not the actual like combo deck that everyone else thinks of. But um, yeah, ultimately I, I went with Big Rogue as well. It, between it was probably like Discard and Big Rogue were the two I was most thinking about. Um, it's kind of tough because a deck like Pirate Rogue was dominant for like almost an entire expansion, and it's like Big Rogue lasted like six days <laughs> so it's kind of like quantifying that and comparing that's a little tough but i just had flashbacks to trying to play for board and then the big rogue would summon three eight eights on turn two and then i would close the game and i'm like oh that was pretty strong actually <laughs> so uh probably just big rogue for me yeah this was this is the expansion that even shaman got all of its new toys and i remember even and shaman it, not existing for it the first week and a half couldn't. of the expansion because you couldn't play even shaman because your opponent would have four eight eights, and you were like, "Okay, my totems don't do anything." Um, you don't you... have totems; they ate your <laughs> they ate your totems because they all had rush too. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but I, I did go with discard warlock just because. Um, again, I I had it. My my big three were similar to to raffles, where it was big shaman, big rogue, and, and discard warlock. Um, I I I did go with discard warlock just because it maybe for me it probably was recency like it, it got the card banned right where the other two like had wild card oh, and that's because they had other ones had wild like it was very hard for me to pick for me my instinct was discard warlock i think because of the recency bias and it had a card banned rather than yeah. than nerfed i don't i i honestly don't think that's a wrong answer again like all three of those decks like very similarly and very uniquely like completely captured the in yeah. the format in a way that like just put it in a chokehold and it was either this deck or lose games of Hearthstone. <laughs> like yeah. uh, uh you know both uh, like big rogue and uh discard warlock especially because they didn't have like the same direct answers that a or you know two card combo answer that a big shaman had uh at least so like there were answers to big shaman they just there weren't to discard warlock and big rogue all right. Yeah, I mean, that was like pillage of it. I like. I think. I think the argu the main argument I said say for discard is that it was the most popular deck at its peak, like by a considerable margin. Like there, there was a point there where at upper diamond it was around forty percent of the format, and I know for a fact like Big Rogue and Big Shaman did not get anywhere near that number. Um, like they were Big more Shaman was Big Shaman like, was pretty high. It was, but like like twenty five percent is still like a lot. Yeah. Like like discard at forty is like historically kind of mm -hmm. pretty absurd for wild. So I think that's the big argument. But um, I think the win rate just probably wasn't as good. Like that said, 
compared to something like Big Rogue. But again, like Big Rogue existed for a much shorter period of time. So it's very like whatever. Like there's not, I don't think there's a wrong answer when you're kind of splitting hairs between metas and saying what's the most busted thing. Like I think we're all pretty much on the same page here. Yeah. Even if some of the community votes are the Am I reading Pillager Rogue was was the strongest thing? <laughs> <of the year? laughs> yeah. Yeah, those so for the community, just for everybody else to be able to read these same notes. So for the community, it was very overwhelmingly Discord Warlock, but a lot of other... Co I wrote down a bunch of other common things uh, that were Big Rogue, uh, even Shaman. Um, I'm assuming that meant, like, current even Shaman. Uh, Kael'thas, Druid, uh, and then Miracle Rogue, Pirate Rogue, and Pillager Rogue. Uh, people I hate Rogue, I, I think, or they think it's extremely strong, which is fair, but I don't think any of those were near the three decks that we've been talking about for the past, like, five mm -hmm. minutes, so... No. Yeah, and it doesn't it depend on how you interpret the question because you know uh like how long it was dominant for might matter more to mm -hmm. some people yeah. so that might be an argument for like even shaman pirate right. all right now let's talk about the one that we can actually have debates upon uh which is your favorite deck of the year which which deck did you have the most fun playing um in 2022 and uh i guess i'll go ahead and start i'll be the bad guy um, I actually had a really, really close between Beast Hunter and uh, the deck that I chose, and it's probably going to piss both of you guys off, but that was uh, Pre-Nerf Free Shaman. Um, you forgot the smiley face where you wrote uh, that down, yeah. There was definitely a smiley face Shaman. in the show notes, because I, I knew it was going to piss you guys off, but um, I, I love this deck, still do. Um, I, the, it's, I think the uh, the way that it was put, like it's, it is the wild deck that has game into everything and which i think is the part that appeals to me the most um interaction conversation aside we're not going to do that two hours into the episode but like i've really i've really enjoyed this deck it's it's the control deck that i've, I've had the most fun with Shutterwalk has always been a card that i loved and then it's kind of just like all together um so i am like renathal pre snowfall nerf free shaman i think was peak Stone for me this year uh, for me, I, like I narrowed it down to just meta decks because obviously, like, uh, <laughs> otherwise I'm going through 365 separate deck lists in my <laughs> YouTube channel, and I, I don't have time for that. Um, the, some of the ones that I had the most fun with are both Miracle Rogue and uh, Beast Hunter, which I've talked about both today and a lot. But I think what really did it for me was um, Reno Paladin. Reno Paladin was the the pile of cards Reno deck before pile of cards Reno decks came out with like Renathal and uh, the neutral package. And so seeing that kind of evolve and for a time be like not only a competent deck, but like arguably the best Reno deck in the format for uh, a period uh, was uh, nice. And I like, I like the Leviathan. I like some of the just like make a guy and, uh, you know, bash your opponent with a carry a weapon kind of uh, gameplay. Uh, my one was, uh, it's a very tough choice between Beast Hunter and Miracle Rogue. Um, I ended up going with Beast Hunter. Like, it's the deck that I got the rank one legend finish with. So it's like a little fondness, like my first one, only one. Um, also, I think Miracle Rogue. Sorry, I don't know if you can hear Anchor or not. <laughs> um, this, uh, Miracle Rogue was, uh, I don't know, this like in the Renathal meta, it could sometimes be just a little bit frustrating into like the arena decks and things like that. Whereas Beast Hunter, I felt like when Beast Hunter was at its peak, it just sort of felt so satisfying in almost every game um pillager games aside but yeah i had so much fun with this and i was so happy that the starving buzzer revival happened so i loved it i loved it i still love this deck um so very happy that all the 
Hunter cool cards came out this year. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, to wrap it up, one final question. Did you guys enjoy 2022 Wild Hearthstone? How did, how did you feel about this year uh, when it came to Wild? Yeah, I think overall it was good. Um, it had definitely ups and downs. Uh, you know, there more often I felt like the format was better this year than it was, uh, especially last year. Like I, I think with the the uh, existence of quest lines previously, it was um, you know twenty twenty one was a bit of a tough year. Uh, but I think this year was uh, on average uh, better. Than, than the previous year and overall a, a pretty decent year for uh wild hearthstone uh yeah it depends there were like stretches that i liked a lot like i talked about how much i enjoyed the middle of nathria in particular um i didn't like voyage very much uh but i would say the year overall was like pretty solid like it depends kind of how it finishes I, I would say it's like how is the end of lich gonna feel because i'm kind of like in one expansion kind of didn't like the other so we'll see um last time we got around to this point i really enjoyed like altrak valley at the end after going through absolute hell <laughs> so like maybe even if it isn't perfect right now my end opinion is probably gonna depend a little bit on like you know like where the mini set lands and things like that to judge this entire hearthstone year as a whole um, but overall, um, pretty good. I feel like we kind of accidentally got like a huge number of benefits. Like they kind of gutted random decks that I didn't like, which is cool, <laughs> which, um, you know, sometimes we get stuff that's cool. That's get nerfed, but I'm always a big fan of just, you know, like mind rogue getting nuked and things like that. So yeah, I don't know. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'd say overall. Yeah. I, I think roller coaster is the best way to describe it. Right. Like at the beginning of every expansion, it feels like we have, We've had a deck that's, I think all three expansions this year, we've had a deck or two that's been kind of miserable to play against. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, like Ultra Valley had uh, Kael'thas and Switcheroo. Um, then we had Big Rogue, and then we had Discard Warlock. And then once we got past those like two or three weeks, then it felt like the expansions were okay. Um, yeah, I did nothing wrong as well, I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, will, oh, I was going to make Rogue. the point of... I, mean, I was going <laughs> to make the point of Corb saying, you know, it was nice to get all these like nerfs that accidentally nuked a whole bunch of decks that he didn't like it also like honestly one of the big lows for me this year in terms of like wild hearthstone was that we got a bunch of nukes to standard cards that nuked a bunch of cards and decks that i liked which was very unfortunate i know it's a side effect of like how they balance things and their philosophy and all that stuff about um wanting to keep cards the same and all that stuff but it, it was very much a shame of like like you guys said like they nuked nathria nathria didn't exist anymore uh in wild which kind of sucks um but other than that like that was kind of my big low there was a lot of highs like i still think you guys getting card reveals has been super sweet and then obviously like the wild theater crafting streams and all that kind of stuff have been some major pluses um and you know hearthstone once you got past those really crappy decks at the beginning of each expansion felt pretty good and i enjoyed playing it which was which was a big plus all right we've been going for two hours the dogs are getting restless so we're not gonna keep anybody hostage any for any further uh let's go ahead and wrap it up guys thanks for for a great 2022 thanks to everybody that's listening uh you know for listening the entire year appreciate you guys um let the people know where they can find you guys and your content uh in the new year uh yeah you can find me on twitch and youtube at raffle streaming on both and uh posting highlights on youtube and you can find me uh twitch um with corbett or you can find me on youtube and twitter at corbett games 
You guys can find me at Get Me Off on all those platforms as well. Thanks for a great 2022, everybody, and uh, we will see you guys, you know, for many more great episodes in in 2023. Take care.